This is MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. And also brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. NASCAR Racing, next on MRN Radio. In the last 14 years, we've been through four presidents, eight Winston Cup champions, long hair, short hair, hippies, yuppies, restrictor plates, heavy metal, Jim and Tammy, Ollie North, radial tires, and the collapse of the Berlin Wall. But in those same 14 years, nobody has won a NASCAR Winston Cup race from the pole here at Dover Downs International Speedway. Dick Trickle has the number one starting spot today. Will the Dover pole jinx end this afternoon? Well, with, with my crew behind me and all the people we got working for us, uh, I think we got evidently as good a chance as anybody. And this car, this team is gelling. Uh, we got a really good engine in the car, and uh, I believe the same motor we're running now is going to be a race motor. And uh, you know, I don't bet on myself, but if I was someone else, I would. This afternoon, 500 laps on the Monster Mile. MRN is set for coverage of the Budweiser 500. MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the South's number one headache powder. Good afternoon, everyone, from Dover Downs International Speedway. Just about set to go with the Budweiser 500 here this afternoon. The drivers are aboard their cars. We were under threatening skies a little bit earlier, but I think we're going to be pretty well weather-wise this afternoon. Might have a shower, but hopefully we will not. A lot to do, and the race will be getting underway in just a moment. Let's see if we can get a word from the pole sitter, Dick Trickle. Let's go now to Dick Brooks. Well, they got everybody, uh, the engine started up. They got them sitting in the cars, and uh, the engine's running. I'm going to try to ask him a question. Dick, how did it feel to be on the pole? Well, I can't hear with all the noise, but we're going to make Kelly Yarbrough, Phil, John Marty Cornwell, and all our fans as proud as we can. All right, I think they're uh, really pumped. I was uh, talking to him just a little bit earlier. He's a happy boy to be where he's at. A little bit nervous, though. So Dick Trickle getting set to go, along with 35 other drivers. We are in the state of Delaware, America's first state, and the Budweiser 500 comes up shortly. The field is on the roll now as we are a lap and a half away from going green in the Budweiser 500. 36 drivers will start. Freddie Crawford of Union, South Carolina in 36. 35th is Bobby Gerhardt of Lebanon, Pennsylvania. 34th, J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina. 33rd is Mike Potter of Johnson City, Tennessee. Jimmy Horton from Hamilton, New Jersey starts 32nd. 31st, Bobby Hillen of Midland, Texas. 30th is Jimmy Means of Huntsville, Alabama. 29th is Butch Miller of Coopersville, Michigan. Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania goes 28th. 27th, Davey Allison of Hueytown, Alabama. Rick Mast of Rockbridge, Bass, Virginia. Goes 26th, 25th is Darrell Walter from Franklin, Tennessee. Rick Wilson is 24th out of Bartow, Florida. 23rd is Richard Petty, Ranama, North Carolina. Hut Strickland, the Calera, Alabama driver, will be 22nd, 21st, Michael Walter of Owensboro, Kentucky. They'll give the field two more laps now as they kick up some of the debris and clear off some of the debris on the racetrack. Continuing our look at the starting lineup, 20th is Ricky Rudd, 19th, Terry Levante, 18th, Rob Moroso, Dale Jarrett is 17th. 16th is Sterling Myron. Derek Cope starts 15th. 14th will be Morgan Shepard. Harry Gant 13th. 12th will be Dave Marcus. 11th is Ernie Irvin. Rounding out the top 10, Kenny Schrader goes 10th. 9th, Brett Bodine. 8th is Bill Elliott. 7th is Alan Kowicki. 6th is Kyle Petty. 5th is Rusty Wallace. 4th, Dale Earnhardt. Jeff Bodine will go 3rd. 2nd, Mark Martin. And on the pole is Dick Trickle. 
We are set for the Budweiser 500 in just a moment. 36 cars now being paced by the Oldsmobile here at Dover Downs International Speedway. Elmo Langley will be taking the field to the start-finish line, and the one-to-go signal is out. In just one more mile, the Budweiser 500 begins here in Delaware. NASCAR Today is produced by MRN Radio and sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. Welcome back to Dover Downs. Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall. Our pit coverage crew, Dick Brooks of Woodruff, South Carolina, and Jim Phillips from WNPC Radio in Newport, Tennessee. Covering the turns for us today, Joe Moore from WPEX Radio in Hampton, Virginia. Plenty of width in the turns and 24 degrees of banking as we come off turn number one into turn two and hit this long back straightaway. The racetrack narrows up as the inside retaining wall seems to pop up out of nowhere as these cars come off the back straightaway. We saw yesterday today in the Bush Grand National Race several times. The car's running three wide here. Someone has to give when they try to go in three wide. On this back straightaway, they'll set up for a charge up into 24 degrees of banking again, making up turns three and four. We'll be watching all the action here from turn one into turn two on this back stretch and up the banking into turn three today. We'll also be joined by Alan Bestwick of Daytona Beach. He's covering the garage area today, but for the start of the Budweiser 500, Barney Hall. 500 long, grueling laps. We're under green as they take it down to turn number one, door to door, Go trickling. Mark Martin into the corner, side by side. Neither one lifting on the throttle. They're still door to door as they head for two. Trickle goes in with the edge, but Martin battles back on the outside. But still, they're dead even off the corner. You can see the tire smoke coming up off Trickle's tires. He still has the inside line, but Mark Martin has the edge going back to three. One man who finds himself battling is Kyle Petty while at the front. Tucking around to the inside is Dick Trickle, holding off an outside challenge by Mark Martin. One mile complete, 499 remain in this lengthy afternoon. They're back in one. This time into turn number one, Martin has the edge. But getting into turn two, here's Dick Trickle battling back on the inside. So again, dead even as he hit halfway down the back straightaway. Directly behind him, Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt. Those two also side by side. Just about a five-car breakaway for a split second. That changes in a hurry. Earnhardt gets shuffled up out of the groove, and he's going to lose at least three or four spots as he got shoved right out toward the wall in the early going here this afternoon. Single file among the front six. They're back in turn two. Now Mark Martin is out in front. Dick Trickle has the second spot, but he's in danger of losing that. Jeff Bodine puts it down to the inside of the racetrack. Bodine pulls alongside Trickle, but Trickle outmaneuvers him down the back stretch into turn three. Bodine's got some horses, though. He'll draw along Dick Trickle now tucking in single file. All these cars handling so very well here in the early going. Glued to the low side of the track except back at fifth spot where Earnhardt has the inside covered against Rusty Wallace who goes high in the banking. Wallace went a little bit too high. Earnhardt was able to hold it down on the inside of the racetrack so he picks off that position. It's Martin leading the way by 10 car lengths over Dick Trickle. Then Jeff Bodine and Bill Elliott on the move trying to get around Bodine. Has ever been a driver due to win here at Dover? It would have to be Mark Martin. He's had two second place finishes in a row. Right now he has an advantage of perhaps 30 car lengths over Dick Trickle and Jeff Bodine. Bill Elliott drops to the inside. He's back in fourth place as they hit turn two. Earnhardt's trying to take that fourth position, and he's trying to do it the hard way, going around on the outside of the racetrack. Off turn number two, here's Earnhardt screeching the car, almost breaking loose, but still fighting and holding it up there alongside Bill Elliott. Remember, Dale Earnhardt in this race last year led 455 of the 500 laps. The lead now coming out of turn four belongs to Jeff Bodine, or rather Mark Martin's car. As they work back into the corner now, Bodine and Dick Trickle all battling for second behind Mark Martin. Bodine has the second spot, but right behind him, it's tough as Bill Elliott is there trying to hold off Dick Trickle. Here on the back straightaway now, Trickle falls in behind Elliott. Then it's the Earnhardt car and Rusty Wallace. 
Single file among the front six. The battle now is for seventh place. Alan Kowicki having a tussle back there with Kyle Petty. Kyle is way high on the outside as they come out of turn number four and swing it back to turn number one. But Mark Martin is long gone. He continues to pull away from the entire field out of turn two. He's getting way away from all the shuffling that is still going on for second and for fourth position. Here's Elliott trying to get underneath Jeff Bodine. That's a battle for second. Back for fourth, Dick Trickle works with Dale Earnhardt. 1.6 seconds, the advantage that Mark Martin enjoys. He's built that up over just seven miles of racing. He's across the stripe as Freddie Crawford takes his car to the garage area and the battle for second place heats up in one. And it evaporates in turn number two as Elliott goes to the inside of Jeff Bodine. Bill Elliott now has taken second. In third is Jeff Bodine. Fourth is Dale Earnhardt. The battle is for fifth. Rusty Wallace and Dick Trickle. They go into the corner side by side. Trickle on the high side. He can't get his car to come down to the bottom of the racetrack. Trickle's car is not really sticking all that well. And that is one reason he has dropped in the pole back to sixth position right now. Wallace will take the spot away, but there's a good four-car battle going on in that spot as they head back to turn two. Alan Kulwicki in the thick of that battle. Also, Kyle Petty is there. The Ernie Irvin car next in line. Then the Derek Cope machine. They'll all go single file here as they hit the back straightaway. One battle back for the 13th spot. Brett Bodine and Dale Jarrett. They're side by side going back to three. All the while Mark Martin continues to pull away now by better than two seconds. Let's go down to pit road. Well, one thing I think, Eli, that uh, is a known factor here by everybody that's been here a long, long time is that generally to get on the pole, especially the way that uh, Dick Trickle did it, the car's got to be loose. They didn't practice much yesterday. They haven't been here together many times. And uh, I think one of the biggest problems is trying to get a car tight enough to race after you uh, do like he did sitting on the pole. I just walked down to the pits. They said the car's loose, and they're going to have trouble tightening it up. So I think that's a pretty common thing that happens to a guy that just starts out here. Also seems to be some crinkled sheet metal on the right rear of Dick Trickle's car. Joe Moore, it almost looked like he might have kissed the wall in front of you coming off a of two. Coming off turn two, he was in the outside lane trying to really fight in the car to hold it down, get it back down to the low side of the racetrack. That's where you lose positions on this speedway is coming off turn two and also off turn number four. And he did get high up in some of the loose stuff, and it did just sort of nick the wall there, but he did a good job holding it off. Mark Martin continues to lead in the Budweiser 500. We're just in the early going in case you joined our broadcast. Eleven laps are completed here this afternoon. Martin has about a half a straightaway on the rest of the field. The rest of the field in second place now being Bill Elliott, Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Bodine, and Rusty Wallace round out the top five. From the Dover Downs International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules Tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, 
the Budweiser 500. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement by Holly Farms, the official chicken of NASCAR and proud sponsor of today's Lickety Split Award. By True Value Hardware Stores. For quality, selection, and personal attention, make True Value your first choice. And by Anheuser-Busch, brewers of Budweiser beer. Beechwood aged for that clean, crisp taste. This Bud's for you. It is a beautiful afternoon here in Dover, Delaware. We've got a dandy battle on the racetrack for the lead. That two-second advantage that Mark Martin enjoyed just a short while ago has totally evaporated as Bill Elliott is now broken free from race traffic, and he'll challenge for the lead off turn four. Drops underneath Martin out of turn number four, door to door at the start-finish line. There's going to be a lap car directly ahead down to turn number one. J.D. McDuffie is there, and Elliott will have to tuck back in single file. Both cars taking up the banking in turn number one. Now, Elliott started back in the eighth position. He's really put a charge on after only 17 laps to chase down race leader Mark Martin. He's on his bumper again as they go back to turn three. Field comes back off the corner. If you're following other drivers in the field, Mike Potter has gone a couple of laps down. As again off the turn, here comes Bill Elliott. He'll dive to the inside of Mark Martin, grab the lead here at the start-finish line. Meanwhile, a smoking Dave Marcus brings his car down the pit lane with what is obviously an unscheduled stop here on lap number 18. Let's go to the Marcus pit. Well, he's coming by with the uh, engine running all right. They're going to raise the hood on the car to see what the problem is. They're looking underneath it. Uh, the car's still running. Got to put a little gas in it and set the hood down. We'll find out in a minute what's wrong. Get more word on Marcus's situation in a minute. Bill Elliott is the new leader in the Budweiser 500. Mark Martin drops back a couple of car lengths. Dale Earnhardt, meanwhile, trying to close the gap on the front two. And Joe Moore, he's making up some ground on them. He's reeling the bend, coming off turn number two, closing in even more. The battle, though, we're watching is directly behind Earnhardt. Rusty Wallace going to work on Jeff Bodine. Try to get the inside line coming off turn two, but they go back single file into three. Further back, some pretty good skirmishing as Ricky Rudd and Dick Trickle go at it. But Rudd will bypass the trickle machine, and the field now continues to kind of settle themselves down just a bit. A torrid pace here on the first 20 laps of racing. Now everybody settles back in, and they'll begin to watch what unfolds. Other cars on the racetrack, uh, Freddie Crawford, we mentioned, he has gone to the garage area. Also, Mike Potter now running a couple of laps down, and now a third lap down as he comes in for yet another unscheduled stop. The interval between first place and tenth place is about eight and a half seconds right now, so it'll give you an idea of just how fast the front runners are getting around this racetrack in the early going. 21 laps are complete. Dick Brooks touched on a point we'll be talking about all day a little bit earlier when we first came on the air, is that every time they make a pit stop, likely you're going to see an awful lot of adjusting going on on these cars because Dover is like a lot of the speedways we go to. That's trouble on Earnhardt. Trouble on Earnhardt's car. A lot of smoke from behind the Goodwrench Chevrolet. There is caution. The caution flag flies from the hands of Doyle Ford as Dale Earnhardt's GM Goodwrench Chevrolet looks as though it has erupted an engine. Now, smoke of that nature might be other talk problems. To, talk to, I talked to Richard Chillers, and he said that uh, the engine has blown up on the car. They're going to the garage. And he has gone right off the racetrack directly into the garage area. Dale Earnhardt's day is done after just 22 miles, and this could well open up the top spot for Morgan Shepard if they have a good run today trailing only by 21 points, Barney. Wouldn't that be a story to have Bud Moore and Morgan Shepard in their first season together leading the Winston Cup points after uh, this few number of races? Well, it'll be the 11th race of the year.
year, and it is very likely that will happen. And it's ironic that Dale Earnhardt has had two bad races in a row. He had problems at Charlotte Motor Speedway last weekend, and this afternoon apparently they have lost a motor. We are under caution. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back, and we'll hopefully get a word from Dale Earnhardt in a minute. Back to Dover in just a minute. We're back at Dover Downs. Our pit stops are occurring. Just about everybody's on pit road. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, Jeff Bodine just took off and changed four tires on his car. They did Kyle Petty. A little problem about running into uh, Davey Allison on the way out. Mark Martin changed four tires on his car, as did Rusty Wallace. And I think it's probably going to be the uh, general thing. Put all four tires on. Make what kind of chassis adjustments you can. Get the guy back out as quick as possible. Meanwhile, Alan Bestwick is with Dale Earnhardt in the garage. Dale, do you know what happened to the car yet? I think it broke a camshaft. Uh, did it going down the back stretch. Lucky we you know we didn't get in the corner and get in the oil, but just broke camshaft. Ain't nothing you can do about it. Dale will be back next week at Sears Point, but a tough break for the Winston Cup point leader. Let's go down and check with Jim Phillips. Well, that's into pit road. The service was about the same except for Ernie Urban. He took only two tires. The rest of the teams, Derek Cope, Teddy Schrader, Dale Jerry, also Terry Labonte, Rick Wilson, all took on four tires. But Ernie Irvin, he took on right side tires and gasoline. Well, Buddy Parrott, his crew chief, uh, or rather I should say Tony Glover, his crew chief, is not uh, adverse to being a, a gambler every now and then. And we are just 25 laps into the event. So just because everybody else does it doesn't mean you necessarily have to. Yeah, you just make your own adjustments on the car as you feel like your car needs, not according to what everybody else does. And, and a lot of crew chiefs are beginning to do that. 25 laps complete from the Dover Downs International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. Welcome back to Dover Downs International Speedway. Eli Gold, Barney Hall, the entire MRN crew is on hand. The attrition rate unusually high here in the early moments. We are just 26 laps in. Already Freddie Crawford and James Hilton's car gone for the day. Dale Earnhardt has lost an engine. Now Dave Marcus is in the garage area. Alan Bestwick, are they working on it or is their day over? No, they're working on the car, Eli. They don't even know what's wrong with it yet, but Dave and the rest of the Big Apple crew have just jumped back under the hood. We had Dave for a minute, but he had an idea and decided he wanted to get back into the motor. They're looking underneath the covers. They think they might possibly have a valve that's malfunctioning. They're going to try and fix it, get back out in the race. So we'll be one lap away from going back to green here for the Winston Cup cars. Yesterday, the Bush Grand National Series ran the Budweiser 200 here at Dover Downs. Michael Waltrip had a superb run. He got the win ahead of Harry Gant. Bobby Labonte, who sat on the pole in his first time ever at Dover Downs. Then Tom Peck from McConnellsburg, Pennsylvania, and Ronald Cooper out of Statham, Georgia. That's the top five. The points, Chuck Bowen is now 35 ahead of Bobby Labonte. Labonte was third in the points. He now moves up to second spot with the Roses Stores 200 at Rougemont, North Carolina, upcoming this weekend, June the 9th. So congratulations to Michael Walter. I think so, Martin, you and I were sitting there together watching yesterday. He did a heck of a job only driving his car, but having to worry about Harry Gant behind him. Yeah, he did a great job in the last couple of races he's won up here. He's turning into quite a race driver. He's beginning to generate an awful lot of conversation in the garage about some of the car owners that are looking at him probably somewhere down the road. I'm sure he's going to get some really good offers before mm -hmm. it's all over. 28 laps on the scoreboard here, ready to go back to green with Harry Gant, the leader. Now, Gant did not make an appearance on pit road. They stayed on the racetrack. Jimmy Spencer is second. I don't think he pitted either. Then it'll be Bill Elliott, Mark Martin, and Rusty Wallace. Single file. They go back to turn two under green. Behind Rusty Wallace in the sixth spot now, the Hunt Strickland machine. Make that Jeff Bodine. Next in line is Ernie Irvin. Then it's the Sterling Marlin car. Kyle Petty and Davey Allison. All single file here on the back straightaway, headed for three. As the field sorts itself out, they work off turn number four. Back to the stripe behind 
behind Harry Gant, the race leader. Jimmy Spencer going a little higher on the racetrack off the corner. It's allowed Bill Elliott to really close in. There will be a challenge for second here in a moment. Elliott looks to go to the outside of the racetrack, but that's where Spencer is going. Elliott draws the nose of his four down to the inside, tries to pull alongside, but Spencer, even though he's going high, gets a good bite off the corner. He hangs on to second. Elliott just dives in underneath him as they come into the turn, but Spencer stands in the throttle, shuts him down going into turn number three. Elliott's going to have to try it again out of four, somewhere between there and one if he makes a move on him. Now he dives back to the inside, goes after second spot in turn one. He is there. Elliott's alongside Chevy Spencer, but Spencer battles back, still on the outside. He holds him off again. Still, Spencer has second. Elliott is in third. Fourth now, the Mark Martin car. Further back in the field, Michael Walter gets shuffled back. He gets a little bit high in the corner, loses two spots. And again, Elliott challenges Spencer. He tried to draw to his inside going into turn number three, but Jimmy stepped on the button, and now Elliott has to watch from his rear flank because Mark Martin is there as well. It's Harry Gant leading the way. He's some four or five car lengths ahead of this battle for the second spot. Jimmy Spencer off turn two, trying to hold off Elliott. Elliott on the attack. He comes down on the inside, draws even on the back straightaway. Spencer did a good job of holding him back there for some three or four laps, but now he has lost the second spot. In fact, he's in danger of losing the third position right now as Mark Martin's turning up the wick on him, putting a lot of heat on the driver as they work across the start-finish line. Dick Trickle has slid all the way back to 21st position. The battle for second spot, it's a hot one out of turn number two. Elliott holds the position right behind him is where they're doing it. Coming off turn number two, again, Jimmy Spencer trying to hold his position. He loses it to Mark Martin, now is about to lose it to Rusty Wallace. Rusty drives inside of Spencer going into turn number three. Jimmy goes high and opens the inside for Wallace, but Spencer will keep his car wound up and that Pontiac will bypass Rusty Wallace's Pontiac. Good effort for Spencer coming off turn four. That battle is not going to be an easy one. The battle for the fourth position we're watching between Jimmy Spencer and Rusty Wallace. Wallace has the inside line. They're dead even off turn number two. Spencer battles back on the outside. Still, they're dead even back to turn three. Davey Allison having a little problem also. His car not really getting around this racetrack in the last 10 laps like they need it to. In fact, it, very early this afternoon, we're seeing some cars that are kicking up from the bottom of the racetrack and having a lot of trouble getting through the turns. Ricky Rudd is another car right now that is a little bit off. The leaders out of turn number two, it'll be Harry Gant. Bill Elliott has been extremely strong from the opening gun this afternoon. He's been up there dicing for the lead until that caution came out just a moment ago with 34 laps complete. Here they come off turn number four. Elliott's within two car lengths of catching the leader, Harry Gant. Now, when old Harry gets it hooked up at Dover, this is certainly one of his better racetracks. He's a hard man to deal with. We'll find out how strong Elliott is as they work back to turn two. Elliott sneaks up on him going towards turn number two, looks to the outside. Now again, drops down low, makes a move similar to what he did getting by Jimmy Spencer a few laps ago. He'll fall back in single file for now, following Gant back to turn three. Further back, Kenny Schrader ducks to the inside of Dale Jarrett. Both of those cars thought about moving around Davey Allison, but Allison holds off the challenge. Meanwhile, for the lead, Elliott dives to the inside of Harry Gant. A dead heat at the stripe and back to one. The battle goes on. Bill Elliott gets around down to the inside, but pushes up the banking. Gant tries to come back on him, but Gant has to fall in line behind Bill Elliott. Mark Martin also had a thought of going around Gant, but he falls in line as well and holds on to the third spot. Front three, tuck in, nose to tail. Back about 15th or 16th position. Talk about some hard-nosed racing. It was really going on back there and still is. Now it thins out a little bit as Kenny Schrader gets away from Ricky Rudd. But right behind those two, there's some real dicing going on in the form of Dick Crickle, who's picked up another four spots as he tries to get back to the front of the pack. 
Leaders out of two. Here it is Bill Elliott coming off turn number two. The battle right behind him. Mark Martin trying to hold off Gant right behind them by about five car lengths. Dick Trickle still battles trying to hold off the next car in line. Rusty Wallace up in turn four. We are live at Dover Downs International Speedway in Delaware. Early in the Budweiser 500. Just tuning in. Dale Earnhardt's day is already over. He has lost an engine on the good red Chevrolet. But it's Bill Elliott who paces the field right now ahead of Mark Martin running second and Harry Gant third. 41 laps are complete here at Dover this afternoon. Let's check in the garage and find out what the situation is on Dale Earnhardt. Maybe something going on there. Yeah, there sure is, Barney. Earnhardt's day may not be done quite yet. When Dale got out of the car, they figured they had broken a camshaft. But now Eddie Lanier, the engine builder, and Kirk Shelverdine have jumped inside the hood compartment of that car. They pulled the motor apart. They think they may be able to get it fixed. Although they're so busy, I can't get someone to tell me exactly what they found. But it apparently is not a camshaft, and they're going to try and fix Earnhardt's car, get him back in. A story from Alan Bestwick. They are working on Dale Earnhardt's car. If he can get back out there and put a few laps on the board. Remember, he did that at Charlotte Motor Speedway last weekend and picked up quite a few points by picking up some eight or nine positions. Had he just parked the car, he would have lost. 42 laps complete from the Dover Downs International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. Time to replace your vehicle's battery? Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts for the do-it-right rebate. For a limited time, purchase a Superstar Premium, Extreme, or Platinum battery and get up to a $15 O'Reilly gift card by mail. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. For more than 80 years, Detroit Diesel has been the legendary driving force powering many of the best-known trucks on the road. Through our state-of-the-art Detroit technologies in components and safety systems, we've earned our customers' trust as a reliable business partner dedicated to improving their bottom line. It's no wonder they continue to depend on Detroit to keep them safe and efficient on the road. When you demand it all, demand Detroit. Today's Budweiser 500 on MRN Radio is sponsored by Unical. The winning spirit rides with you every time. It's the spirit of 76. By Armor Star Can Meats, America's choice for the great outdoors. By Baby Ruth, the official candy bar of Junior Johnson. By Gatorade. Gatorade gives your body what it's thirsty for. By Planners Nuts and Mr. Peanut. Proud sponsors of Travis Carter's number 98. And by Ultra Slim Fast, the natural, healthy way to lose weight. Some good racing at Dover Downs International Speedway in front of Joe Moore. They're three wide, battling for the sixth spot. Derek Cope, Jimmy Spencer, and Kenny Schrader back to turn three. Schrader's the car that's really been making some noise the last 10 or 12 laps. He's just been busting through traffic, working his way on up to the front. He gets shuffled out on the high groove this time out of turn number four. Derek Cope's at the bottom of the racetrack. Schrader doesn't let up at all as he hits turn number one. He's going to try and go around on the outside. He drives it in hard to the outside of the racetrack alongside the Derek Cope car. Cope, meanwhile, puts it right down at the bottom of the racetrack 
back. He holds his spot for now. The battle for 10th, still side by side, back to three. Now back further ahead to sixth place. Schrader again goes wide in turn number four. Derek Cope stays to the low side. They come off the corner. It's Schrader this time getting the edge over the Purelator Chevrolet. And Kenny gives his car a heck of a ride going back into the corner. It's already been a busy weekend for Schrader, and it's getting busier again as Cope battles back. Cope gets the inside line off turn number two. Now he regains that position here on the back straightaway. Schrader might have got those tires just a little too hot running up in that high groove and really having to pinch the car down to make it work through the corners. So for the moment, he'll tuck back in single file. Kenny had a fifth place finish last night running up in Claremont, New Hampshire. He started near the back, came up to about third, then he spun, went back to the rear, came back up and finished fifth. So it's been a, a busy weekend already for Kenny Schrader and a good run so far today for Jimmy Spencer. He's got his hands full now with Sterling Marlin, but there are a lot of smiles, Jim Phillips, down in the Heinz Pontiac pit. Jimmy Spencer's kept his car up in that lead pack all day. You slipped back just a little bit, but so far it's been a good run for you, Doug. Well, unfortunately, uh, yesterday afternoon we were fighting or missing the motor on the top end, and uh, unfortunately it's still there. Uh, we don't know what to do to correct it. We've changed everything yesterday afternoon, and uh, it seems to be hurting us from the flag stand on uh, on the straightaway. So the car's handling real good, and he seems to be happy. I just wish we could get the miss out of it. That's Doug Richards, crew chief for Jimmy Spencer. Jimmy right now being shown in fifth place in the hard charger, the true value hard charger race here this afternoon. Bill Elliott is leading that competition on lap number 121. Mark Martin is the race leader. Harry Gant currently in second spot. Good battle also be far in front of Joe Moore going for seventh and eighth spot. Down into turn number three. One car goes to the inside. That's Sterling Marlin with Jimmy Spencer. They race off turn number four side by side. And there's a side by side battle for ninth and tenth going on right behind them back there in the form of Dale Jarrett and Morgan Shepard. And Rusty Wallace is also locked up in that. Shepard takes the inside line, bumps into the side of Dale Jarrett, gets him almost sideways. Rusty Wallace dives down to the inside. He bypasses Dale Jarrett. So Wallace takes over the spot. Jarrett hangs on to what he's got. And now Morgan Shepard is about to lose a spot to the Dick Trickle car. Meanwhile, at the point, a change for the lead as Harry Gant makes the move in and around Mark Martin. So throw the skull banded up front here at Dover Downs. Mark Martin's forward is in second. Kyle Petty is running third. And here comes Ernie Irvin. He is now in fourth. The ahead of Bill Elliott in fifth, and we've seen a heck of a lot of action here in the early going at Dover. Not just at the front of the pack, but in the middle, back in 10th and 12th, and all over the racetrack, some good hard battles going on. Gant is the leader. We said a little bit earlier this afternoon, this has been one of Harry Gant's best racetracks over the years. He came so close to picking up his first victory here a time or two, had a shootout with Darrell Waltrip at one point, and almost had a chance to win the race and let it slip away, but when he gets it hooked up, how many times have we been here and talked about the weird lines he takes and everything else, but he's always a consistent runner. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, Barney, uh, Harry Gant had a good run yesterday, and this is a good racetrack, as you were talking about. Leo Jackson, the car owner, standing here. Uh, Leo, how about uh, Harry? Is he liking what's going on? Well, is Harry liking what's going on? Is it working okay? I can't hear you. We just got our fingers closed. So he's been running good the last two or three races. We shot ourselves the foot, so we just got our fingers closed. Well, you know how it is down here. After you get a little bit older and stuff, it's hard to hear anyway. And with this racetrack where the noise is bouncing off these walls, it's tough. But they're all sitting here, and they were grinning when he took the lead a while ago. So I think they're happy. Harry does a good job here, and I think it's going to be a good race for him today. It's a good, solid race team. They, they're not... A 
a flashy team like Earnhardt or Wallace or whatever for Harry to get up there and, you know, really get with the program. But he's a good, solid race driver. He'll give you 100% every time. He doesn't tear up a lot of equipment, and he's going to win his share of races. 126 laps on the board right now, and Harry Gant does lead. You mentioned Dale Earnhardt's team. Folks, if you're just joining us, Earnhardt went out of the race with a camshaft that broke all the way back on lap number 22. Alan Bestwick has been keeping an eye on the repairs on the GM Goodwrench Chevrolet. What are they up to now, Alan? They just slipped a new camshaft into the car, Eli. They're now starting to reassemble the motor. They got a 12-man surgical team swarming all over this car. They're putting the header pipes back on, starting to put the bottom end of the motor back together. When they get all that done, they'll slip it back into the car. They're hoping to get back out before halfway and run the last 250 laps. Wouldn't that be some kind of a story right there? Man. That'll be something. Kyle Petty having a great run here. He has just made the pass on Mark Martin. So Kyle's peak Pontiac is now up into the second spot behind Harry Gant and ahead of Mark Martin, who's running third. Fourth place is still Ernie Irvin, a super run for the Kodak Film Oldsmobile. And Bill Elliott is running back in fifth on lap number 129. We welcome you back to Dover Downs International Speedway, where Derek Cope has just made a move around Bill Elliott to take over the fifth spot in lap number 134. A very unique racetrack. If you've never been here nor have ever tuned into one of our broadcasts, this is a racetrack that holds horse races during much of the year. They have a three-quarter mile harness racetrack, which in what is the infield here, and then, of course, the Super Speedway for the Winston Cup and Bush Grand National Series cars. It goes around the horse track, but it's hard sometimes to pick out the horse track here, Barm, because we've got cars parked on it here during the offseason, and it is just jammed to the gills here this afternoon, and this has been a, a racetrack Horse-wise, it has been through a bit of a resurrection of late because some of the horse racing in and around the Philadelphia area, some tracks have gone out of business, and other horses have come here to Dover Downs, so they've had a longer horse meet this year, and they have seen a bit of a resurgence. And this is now not the only headline maker for Dover Downs, but their horse racing program is getting more and more headlines again. Well, we understand it is, but the stock car fans today have turned out en masse, so to speak. With all the new seats, there is not a seat left in the place. They've sold all the new seats that they have prepared here for the race fans, and I'm sure when we come back here in September, we may see some more added because the infield is totally jammed and every seat in the house is packed. They, the northern fans are in this area, particularly around the Philadelphia and New York area and up in Pennsylvania, really are turning out, and they're coming a lot earlier. They used to show up on Saturday afternoon, maybe. You'd see a pretty good crowd, and then Sunday, certainly, they'd have a good crowd here. But when we came in here on Friday morning, the campers are already here just like they are in the southern tracks. The Bush Grand National race yesterday had a crowd in the grandstand, not unlike what a Winston Cup race used to draw many There's years a problem ago. for Harry Gant. He's off the pace in the back straightaway. Gant, the race leader, has dropped down to the inside of the racetrack, is coasting back around to the garage area. So Kyle Petty has assumed the lead here on the 500-miler at Dover Downs International Speedway. The Peak Pontiac has taken the lead, moving Mark Martin to second, Ernie Irvin up to third spot, Derek Cope is fourth, and Bill Elliott is fifth. And here comes Harry Gant and Dick Brooks. All those smiles in the Leo Jackson pit area, I'm sure, have now evaporated. Well, they sure have. they uh, just sitting here waiting for him to come in so they can check out final what's wrong. They're going under the hood. And uh, Harry's trying to tell him something we'll know just in a minute. Hood is up on Harry Gant's skull machine as they take a look at it. Let's hope they'll be able to cure maybe something, the ignition just shorted the car out or whatever, and they might be able to get him back in there. But right now, the crew doesn't seem to be in all that much hurry, so I'm going to kind of speculate that it may be the end of the day for Harry Gant. 
140 laps are complete. And every time somebody has misfortune, it always benefits somebody else. And in this case, Kyle Petty has moved up into the lead right now as Harry Gant continues to sit on pit road. They're still working under the hood. Let's go back to Dick Brooks. Well, they're trying to find what the problem is. They're pulling the air cleaner off and trying to get down. It looks like they're going toward the distributor department. And uh, that generally means that the busted rotor cap. Yeah, they're taking the distributor off. They think that's what the problem is. They've got a busted rotor in the thing. That's the, for people that don't know all the busted rotor stuff and the talk stuff, that's the thing that distributes, uh, <laughs> that's the thing that distributes the fire from the ignition system into the plugs. And it's a little uh, bug that goes around the top and picks up fire from one end and takes it to the other, sends it to the plug, and that's broke. So Harry Gant may be through for the day unless they can replace that and get him back out there. If he, for the moment, he will join Michael Waltrip, Alan Kowicki, Dale Earnhardt, and Fred Crawford as the cars that have gone to the garage. Unscheduled stop seconds ago for Bobby Hillen of Midland, Texas. They put left side tires on the Snickers Buick. Bobby is driving with a chipped right shoulder blade. The aftermath of an incident at Charlotte a weekend ago, and they do have Jim Sauter standing by as the relief driver from Nacida, Wisconsin. Should his services be needed? Let's go back to pit road yeah Eli uh, I was wrong on that uh, Leo Jackson standing here Leo what happened well, we broke the cam Scribner won't turn well I was almost right it wouldn't distribute the fire but it's because the cam jab was broke it's a hard racetrack on equipment we see more engines have problems here at Dover than probably any track we go to Bristol Tennessee puts a tremendous strain on engines and everything every part and piece on the race car and just about all the teams will tell you when you come to Dover you'll break things here that normally will not break anywhere else or any other racetrack we go to and the attrition rate with just 144 laps complete has already sidelined some six or seven cars Barney, the, the fastest race car on the track right now may very well be Derek Cope he bypassed Bill Elliott to take fifth just a couple of laps ago got around Ernie Irvin and now he's bearing down on the second place car Mark Martin Derek Cope the 1990 Daytona 500 winner with a good run going off turn two he draws a line on Martin looks to the outside here on the back straightaway falls right in behind him again and a challenge for second Derek Cope do you have to prove that the Daytona 500 win was not a fluke or you passed that stage now well, I don't know. I don't really try to look at it that way because, uh, you know, you're in the top, you know, the higher echelon of racing. And, uh, you know, these guys, it's all very competitive. And, you know, uh, you have to work hard day in and day out. And we haven't doing that, but we just have, we missed the boat and had some motor problems. So, you know, I'm going to tell Dale with the, with the outlook we did at Daytona, and that's to run up front. And I do it every weekend. Just try and put myself in a position to be there at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and then we'll see what shakes down. But uh, that's, that's really the way we're looking at every race we go to this year. That was a comment we had gotten from Derek, obviously, prior to the Winston 500 a few weeks ago. But nevertheless, still gives you the idea that he feels that they don't look at it that way. They're just going to go out week after week and get the runs done that they have to. 147 laps on the board. Let's check back into the garage area with Alan Bestwick. Harry Gann is just climbing out of the Skull Oldsmobile, talking to some of the crew, wiping off his face, getting a cold drink. We'll see if we can get a word with Harry. Harry, it was running well, but it didn't go the whole distance. What happened? Uh, camp shaft broke. Uh, Skull faded Oldsmobile was running super good. Uh, we're just sitting there kind of saving our tires, uh, pacing ourselves for 500 miles. Harry Gann, it's all done for today. 
Gant is out of it here this afternoon. Meanwhile, Derek Cope has moved up into the number two spot, and he indeed does have one of the quickest cars on the racetrack. He is really getting around the speedway. And we're also watching Jimmy Spencer slow on the back straightaway now. Two cars have gone by the Heinz Pontiac, and he is obviously not nearly up to the pace that he was setting before. Spencer was running on the lead lap, but now is noticeably off the pace. Hutch Strickland going by, Terry Labonte. Three more cars going by. Let's go to pit road. Jimmy Spencer has lost a cylinder, Eli. He's off the pace. Uh, the car was sputtering as it came by his pit area. So engine problems befalling several teams in the early going here this afternoon. 150 laps are now on the scoreboard with Kyle Petty leading the Budweiser 500. Derek Cope riding second. Mark Martin third. Ernie Irvin fourth. And Bill Elliott round out the top five. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Dilver Downs International Speedway. Eli Gold, Barney Hall, the entire MRN crew. 158 laps are complete of 500. This is a one-mile racetrack, so it's 500 times around. Dave Marcus came out of the garage area, but the car is smoking heavily again, and the likelihood is he'll be heading back in that direction. Alan Kulwicki has come out of the garage, made a brief stop in the pit area, and then we trust was going back onto the racetrack again. Meanwhile, Alan Bestwick is still chasing down some stories in the garage. We'll get to him in a moment because Derek Cope has caught the race leader, Kyle Petty, in turn two. Right behind him by about a car length, Derek Cope closes, coming off turn number two, looks down to the inside, tries to get the fender of his car alongside Kyle Petty. They battle back to turn three. And the difference right there is that car is hooked up. It'll stick at the bottom of the racetrack. Kyle gets a little high, and Derek Cope is the new leader in the Budweiser 500 here this afternoon as these fans come to their feet. They've been jumping up and down all day as there's been challenges all around this racetrack. Derek Cope, the new leader, he will take the lead at lap 160. Petty just hangs right on his bumper for the moment and is content to sit back there in the number two spot. Jim Phillips is in the Derek Cope pit area. Well, they give you the big charge sign as he went by Kyle Petty. Buddy, give you the big charge sign when he went by Kyle Petty. Well, I can't hear a word you're saying. All I can say is that Derek's driving a great race. Trent's been doing an excellent job in the pits. And all I got to say is Bob Wickham up there in Keene, New Hampshire. This is for you, baby. That's Buddy Perry for crew chief for Derek Cope. Unscheduled stop for Bill Elliott. He brings the Coors Melling Thunderbird onto pit road. Let's see what they do down there. Dick Brooks. Well, he's wiggling back and forth like maybe you got a tire going bad. They've gone to the right side. As he comes by, and as I look down under, I can't see anything really, really wrong with the car. Uh, well, maybe the right front may be flat on the thing. We'll get out and check it just in a minute. Yeah, the right front's flat, I can see it. They are changing right side tires. Drop the jack and a quick stop for Bill Elliott. He goes back onto the racetrack, but he will go a lap down. And Elliott's been a factor in this race just about all day. He loses one lap, does Bill Elliott. That stop came just 61 miles after his most recent pit stop, so it was obviously unscheduled. Let's go to the garage, Alan Bestwick. Jimmy Spencer has brought the Heinz 57 Pontiac into the garage. He's climbed out of the car, getting a cool drink and cooling off. Jimmy, a shorter day than you were expecting. What happened out there? What put you out of the race? Uh, Alan, you know, we've been fighting an ignition problem or a carburetor problem all week. Uh, the motor's been missing. It missed every lap I started the race, and it didn't get any better, and then finally the motor blew up. Heinz uh, Pontiac, I'm telling you, if I'm going to win a race, it'd be at Dover, Delaware, and uh, I proved that today. The car let me down today, but uh, we'll get him next week. That's Jimmy Spencer. Take it all in stride, and Jimmy Spencer's got the right attitude about this business. He knows you're not going to become an overnight success. It takes a while. You're going to pay your dues. You're going to take your lumps, and apparently he's willing to do it. 
164 laps are in the book here this afternoon. Derek Cope is the leader. Kyle Petty rides second. Ernie Irvin is third. Mark Martin fourth. And Kenny Schrader inches a little closer to the front. He currently is in fifth position. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. We welcome you back to the Monster Mile, Dover Downs International Speedway. You are tuned to live coverage of the Budweiser 500 here on MRN Radio. Next weekend, we'll be greeting you from Sonoma, California at 2.45 Eastern Time next Sunday for live coverage of that twisting road course and the Banquet Foods 300. That all begins next Sunday at 2.45 Eastern Time. Then it's on to Pocono, Pennsylvania, June 17th. Brooklyn, Michigan, June the 24th, and Daytona International Speedway for the Pepsi 400 on July the 7th. Eli Gold with Barney Hall. You know, Barney, if somebody's just turning the radio in right now, with no disrespect to anybody, if they hear the top five being Derek Cope, Kyle Petty, Ernie Irvin, Mark Martin, and Kenny Schrader, they got to be kind of scratching their heads, wondering what's going on. Trouble over in turn number three. One car off the pace and a lot of smoke in front of Joe Moore. It's Rob Barroso coming off the corner. All of a sudden, a puff of smoke comes out. A lot of smoke as he drops to the inside of the racetrack. Doesn't cause any problems here, but looks like the day may be over for Rob Barroso. And apparently an engine problem there. We're beginning to see more and more motor trouble in the early going here this afternoon at Dover Downs. More so than in a long, long time as Barroso brings his car down pit road. They may take a look at it on the pit area and send him on to the garage. Nope, they're going to stop in the pit. Let's go to pit road. Well, they had the pit board out. The car was not running when it came by me. They're going underneath. Jake Yeldon, the crew, looking underneath the car. And there is a puddle of liquid underneath the car. So probably on to the garage area for Rob Moroso. Not a good sign for the young rookie driver, Rob Moroso. He's had more than his share of mechanical problems this year and been caught up in other people's accidents and just has had kind of a dismal year in one or one way or another. 169 laps complete. Holly Farms, the official chicken of NASCAR, has an award called the Lickety Split Award. That's for the driver that turns the fastest lap in competition during the day. And at this juncture of the race, it belongs right now to Mark Martin with a lap of 141.287 miles an hour. That's been the best that's been turned in competition thus far. And we'll keep you posted on that throughout the afternoon. The attrition rate again. Jimmy Spencer is in the garage area. Harry Gann is out for the day. Michael Waltrip, Alan Klawicki has been in and out. Dale Earnhardt, they continue to work on the engine on that car, rebuilding it inside. They're still using the original block, which is within the framework of NASCAR rules, trying to get him back out there. Dave Marcus has spent a lot of time in the garage, has been back and forth on the racetrack, trying to get as many laps as he can. And the other car that we're showing behind the wall out for the day is Fred Crawford. Uh, now we can add Rob Moroso to that list also, Barney. They have pushed the Crown Petroleum car to the garage area, and we'll get an update from Alan Bestwick in a moment. But I saw one of the crew members kind of drag his finger along his neck as though to say, we're finished for the day, so they're pushing that car to the garage. Take a look at the running order again. Derek Cope is in front. Kyle Petty will be posted second, third right now is Ernie Irvin, fourth will be Mark Martin, and fifth is Kenny Schrader. Sixth should be Sterling Marlin. Seventh, Rusty Wallace. Eighth looks like Dale Jarrett. Ninth would be Morgan Shepard, and rounding out the top 10, driver Dick Trickle. 172 laps are complete on the Dover Downs International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. 
From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules Tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. your check engine light on don't ignore it stop by o'reilly auto parts today and let our professional parts people scan your vehicle for free we'll retrieve the codes discuss possible solutions and even help you find a professional technician if needed visit o'reilly auto parts today for our free check engine light help o'reilly auto parts better parts better prices every day oh 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 o'reilly auto parts Today's Budweiser 500 on MRN Radio is sponsored by Dinner Bell Meats, the official meat products of NASCAR. By Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant, only Peak gives you peak performance. By First Brands, makers of STP oil treatment, STP is the edge. By Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. And by Ford and your local Ford truck dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. Welcome back to Dover Downs International Speedway. MRN Radio proud to be with you on this Sunday afternoon. Live coverage of the Budweiser 500. Dick Trickle is the race leader. Kyle Petty runs second. Ernie Irvin is third. Then come Kenny Schrader and Rusty Wallace. That's the top five. Pit stops for some teams. Jimmy Means has just been in for service. Rick Mast has returned from the garage area, although he's running rather slowly on the racetrack. And Rick Wilson has just taken the dinner bell food lion machine to the garage. Also, Bobby Gerhardt, Barney mentioned moments ago, his car has been retired for the afternoon. Let's get an update from Alan. Well, Bobby Gerhardt had the flu yesterday, and he was suffering from exhaustion, so he got out of the car. They've taken him into the infield care center to give him some fluids and to rest him up for just a minute. We're back in the Dale Earnhardt stall watching this crew. They've got the motor back in the car. They're putting the exhaust pipes on, the radiator in. Dale Earnhardt's with me. Boy, you got to be proud of these guys. What a job they've done today. Well, they have. We changed the cam and lifters in the engine. We had to tear the oil pan out, pull the engine out of the car, tear the oil pan, the intake and all off of it. Really just disassemble the engine, check the rods and everything in to make sure there wasn't no damage on the crankshaft. Put it all back together and we're about ready to fire and go back out. And they're going to get out before halfway. What a job this GM Goodwrench crew has done today. They're about 200 and uh, how many laps? They went out on lap 22. We're now at lap 239. So, you know, they're sitting about 217 laps uh, behind everybody else at this point. But that's uh, really insignificant at this juncture. They'll come out and pick up some Winston Cup points. We'll reset it all for you here in just moments. But right now, let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. 
240 laps on the board as we work on the Budweiser 500 about 10 laps away from the halfway point and racing on the speedway has been pretty consistent all afternoon long. Dick Trickle is the race leader. Kyle Petty running in the second spot now and they are within uh, a three or four car length situation of each other. Now Ken Schrader has moved up into the third spot making a move around Ernie Irvin who is back in fourth and Rusty Wallace running in the fifth spot and Kenny Schrader has very quietly been running a good solid effort here today. Mark Martin still running among the race leaders. He at last report was showing in the sixth spot. Sterling Marlin also running among the leaders here on lap number 241. Eli Rusty may have a problem. He has slowed down. Elliott's gone by. Sterling Marlin has bypassed Rusty Wallace. Also now the Mark Martin car going around. Rusty Wallace up to turn three. They're going to bring Rusty in. He thinks he's got a tire that's going down in the car. They're going to bring him in and change it. So here comes the black gold and now white numerals on that automobile. They've changed from the gold foil colors to white numbers here this weekend. And to the attention of Barry Dotson goes the Pontiac. Back to the pitch. Well, they're going to go in all four tires. They don't know exactly for sure what the problem is. So they're going to do them all four. They're cleaning off the grill, cleaning the windshield, doing the best they can to get him back on the racetrack. Sometimes it's just almost impossible to find out which tires going down. You just know that the thing starts to slip out Monday. And in those cases, it's probably better to change all four than it is to go out and find out you changed the wrong side. I asked Rusty Wallace the other day, Barney, how a driver accepts running so very well and then all of a sudden a mechanical problem of some sort can turn a good day into a bad day. How do you accept that? Well, it's pretty hard to accept. I mean, what's pretty hard to accept for me right now is the way the luck we've been having with this you know, on the 1990 season. I mean, we've run so good 1989, 88, 87, and 86. And all of a sudden, it seems like all the bad luck that could possibly go wrong has hit us right in the head. And I, I just can't, I know, I knew there was going to be days like that, but I was just hoping it wouldn't be like that right away. Of course, it turned around after last weekend's 600-mile victory at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. But again here, they were running in the top five and then evidently having a problem with one of the tires. And that'll force them to have to make up some ground. And it's been so tough this year, Barney, also to make up laps because of the fact that the caution periods have been fairly short. NASCAR has seen to it to get out there, clean things up, and get right back to work. It's been tough making up laps. Bill Elliott's on pit road. Well, they're going to go ahead and do four tires on his car also. These guys uh, in this particular... We'll Bill, be getting Bill back Elliott's. to Dick Brooks in a moment. Bill Elliott's car is on pit road. They're putting in some fuel. They're taking a look at the left side tires, and they'll try and get him back on the racetrack as quick as they can. This would be an unscheduled stop for Elliott also. Uh, they just had 100 and they stopped at 195. We're at lap 246, and we've seen a couple of the top cars, Rusty Wallace and Bill Elliott in the pits here in the last couple of minutes. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back to Dover in a minute. Ten cars remain on the lead lap, brought up by Hutch Strickland, who is in the tenth spot right now. 252 laps on the board. A driver change. J.D. McDuffie has just climbed from his car, and Mike Potter from Johnson City, Tennessee, has climbed the board. So Potter now behind the wheel of J.D. McDuffie's car. The Richard Petty car was in for a quick stop moments ago. Larry Pearson remains aboard there, and in the garage area, they're still working on Rick Wilson's car. Alan. Well, Rick, they've got the rear end of the car all apart. What's the problem? Well, I think we got a rear problem. Uh, earlier, in the, earlier in the race, I spun. I thought I just spun out. You know, I got in a little hot, and the car got loose on me. But uh, undoubtedly, maybe a rear end ratchet broke or something because, you know, we didn't hurt the car. We could come in, put tires on, went right back out, and it's been in real bad handling ever since, like a rear end messed up. 
So they're going to try and replace the rear end differential, take a look at some of the other parts in there as well on the Dinnerbell Oldsmobile. So far, we've been looking for the Dale Earnhardt car to come back out here. We haven't seen it come out of the garage, but it shouldn't be that much longer. We were talking to the NASCAR officials next door, and they have been monitoring all the work that's been going on on that car. So Earnhardt, as you pointed out, had hoped to get back out there by the halfway mark. They're not going to miss it all that far. They really won't. We're at 2.55 right now, just five laps shy of halfway. And as we got the reports in the garage, they were starting to button things up, so shouldn't be all that much longer. Good race on the track right now between Morgan Shepard and Bill Elliott. At last report, they were not on the same lap. Shepard running on the lead lap in eighth, and Elliott one lap down. But nevertheless, those two Ford Thunderbirds have been flexing the muscles pretty well. Saw Bud Moore at dinner last night at one of the restaurants here at Dover. And I know, Barney, you've been here pretty close to Bud over the years. He was smiling. He was happy. He was joking. Not that he doesn't normally uh, have moments like that, but uh, the way Morgan Shepard's been doing now, second in points, just 21 back. And they could have been leading the points had Earnhardt's crew not fixed that car as they did last weekend at Charlotte. Uh, I think it, in some regards it's surprising some people how well Morgan and Bud have meshed this year. Tell you what, that team has really come together, and it's just it's a chemistry combination that has worked for both of them. Morgan knows a lot about a race car. He suggested a few little things that, that Bud personally told me not too long ago. He said Morgan wanted to change some things on the car that I didn't think would help. But he said, you know, we went ahead and did it. He goes out on the racetrack in some of the test sessions they had, and he said it shows up on the watch. All of a sudden, you're, we're running two-tenths of a second quicker than we were, had ever tested there before. And he said, I began to listen to the man and found out that he knows what he's talking about. And a lot of times, as long as the driver can change something on the car that psychologically makes him think it runs better, whether it does or whether it doesn't, might not help another driver, but it helps Morgan or whoever feels like it does when they change something. And Bud said, whatever he wants to do now, baby, we're going to do it. Exactly. I asked Morgan, as they come in now for a pit stop, they bring the Motorcraft Ford in for service. That looks to be routine to the right side of that automobile. I asked Morgan very honestly, did you expect to be running this well at this time of the season? No, tell you the truth. Uh, uh, we really didn't have points on our mind. Uh, when we sat down and talked, Bud Moore and, and Motorcraft, uh, we talked about building this team uh, to where it had some strength and uh, try to take care of all the weak points that we had. And uh, that's what we've been interested in, trying to get the car consistent. We didn't know it was going to get us consistently in second place or, or shot at uh, maybe winning the championship. And uh, so I'm not going to talk a whole lot about points this year. Uh, we're just going to uh, stick with our plan and uh, try to keep the team consistent. Dick Trickle continues to lead over Kyle Petty, Kenny Schrader, Ernie Irvin, and Sterling Marlin. How difficult has it been, Barney? You know Bud Moore a good bit better than I. How difficult has it been for Bud to break out of some of the molds that he has had over the years and say, all right, let's try something if the driver wants it? Or is Bud normally given to experimentation a bit? Not so much as a lot of the other teams. And there's, there's quite a few of the people that are set in their ways, so to speak, like that. Things that worked for them and made them very successful through the 60s and 70s, they were reluctant to change up in the early 80s. And the technology in the sport has really come so far so quickly, it's awfully hard for them to do that. But once they see, as I said, they make a, a change, a subtle change or here and there, and it pays off in how much quicker you run around the racetrack, then they're a little easier to deal with. Let's go back to the garage. 
Well, Dale Earnhardt has just left his garage stall. He's headed back for the racetrack. The GM Goodrich team has spent just a little over an hour and 40 minutes disassembling the motor, putting a new cam in, reassembling it. The car is on its way onto the racetrack, and Dale Earnhardt's going to chase some Winston Cup points. There, I think the NASCAR officials say, what, 240 laps down for driver Dale Earnhardt, but he is coming back onto the racetrack. 263 laps are complete. Dick Trickle continues to lead Kyle Petty and Kenny Schrader. Short break, and we'll be back to Dover in a minute. 265 laps on the scoreboard here at Dover Downs, just past the halfway point under some overcast and a little sunshine popping through here and there. Understand that J.D. McDuffie uh, might have had a problem. Let's see if we can get an update from Alan Bestwick in the garage. Well, we told you a while ago that Mike Potter had gotten in J.D.'s car. J.D.'s been taken into the infield care center, suffering from exha heat exhaustion. He's overheating, wanted to cool him down, get some liquids into him. Mike Potter now driving the J.D. McDuffie car. So McDuffie having a little heat exhaustion here this afternoon. Dover's a very physical racetrack. It'll really wear you down, and it'll also wear that race car down. Larry Pearson brings Richard Petty's car back onto pit road again as they change right side rubber this time and make a few more adjustments on the car. And here is Kyle Petty, the second place car, coming onto pit road to make a stop. Let's go down to Dick Brooks. We're going to make a routine stop on it. They're going to change, uh, they're going to do all four. They've got the right side up, got the tires off, put the right side tires on, and they've got uh, the left side tires loose, getting ready to jack the car up over there. I don't see them doing any, any just adjustment at all. They're cleaning the windshield and about to uh, drop him down, let him go. Ernie Irvin is also in. He's running in fourth right now. Jim Phillips. They're putting on four tires on Ernie Irvin's car. Four tires to gasoline. You're on lap 268. Regular service for him. Also, Sterling Garden came in on lap 264. He had four tires in gasoline. From the Dover Downs International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. We are at Dover Downs International Speedway, seeing pit stops on the part of some of the front-running teams. Prior to the pit stops, we were seeing 10 cars on the lead lap. Dick Trickle, who still is the race leader, Kyle Petty, who just made a pit stop moments ago, Ernie Irvin, who stopped seconds ago, Kenny Schrader, Sterling Marlin, and Marlin has been in for a pit stop about six laps ago. Mark Martin is running sixth, Morgan Shepard seventh, Derek Cope is eighth, Dale Jarrett running the Wood Brothers car in ninth, and Hutt Strickland running for Bobby Allison's team, the Buick, Ray Bestus Buick, is running in tenth. Those cars all on the lead lap. You know, they had a good run going last week before they had that uh, oil line problem and all at Charlotte. So uh, bit by bit, uh, Bobby's team's coming together. Yeah, that car has really shown a lot of strength in the last five or six races. Here's Dale Jarrett bringing the Sitco Ford of the Wood Brothers onto pit road. Jim Phillips. Willard Wood and the crew go out of the right side. Let's see how their strategy goes. This is going to be four tires for Dale Jarrett. All the teams stopping under green this time are taking on all four tires and gasoline. The same for the Sitco crew. They're around on the right side, working around on the left side now. It's going to be four tires of gasoline for Dale Jarrett. Well, they've had a lot of success here over the years. The Wood Brothers have had the winning record going all the way through the 70s with David Pearson in their car. Neil Bonnet picked up a couple of wins here, so they've done real well. I think they've had seven wins over the years here at Dover. That's right. They're the winningest car owners here. The Petty Enterprises have six wins. Junior Johnson's got five wins as a car owner here, and Bud Moore has got four on down the line, but uh, the Wood Brothers do have seven victories at Dover, the most of any existing car owner on the circuit. So a good good effort for them here this afternoon as they've been able to stay right up there and keep on that lead lap also. 275 laps are on the scoreboard. Dale Earnhardt brings his Goodrich Chevrolet in some 240 laps behind. If you just joined our broadcast, they almost completely rebuilt that engine in the garage area. 
got that car back out there. Now they go to work on it, change right side rubber, and we'll send him back out. Ken Schrader currently leading the Budweiser 500, taking the lead away from Dick Trickle, who was running now in the second spot. So Schrader making the move as Trickle slows down to come to the attention of Doug Williams and the rest of the Trop Arctic Racing Team crew. So Schrader leads, and Trickle comes in for service. Let's go down to Dick Brooks. Well, they're coming down, uh, kind of wiggling and wobbling. He's trying to get here as quick as he can to make as smooth a stop as he can. And he is out of fuel. They uh, try to get it restarted. Yeah, it's kind of fired off now, but he was, uh, they run that one a little bit close because just as he got here, he ran out of fuel. Mark Martin's car is also making a pit stop in the Folgers machine as they work on it. They'll change right side tires, drop him down, put in a tank of Union 76 gasoline and get him back onto the racetrack. Now these are scheduled pit stops. They're coming a little bit earlier than we would normally see on most of the bigger racetracks. But as we said, the engine is in such a bind here and they stand on it so hard through the corners that it will use a little bit more fuel. And we're seeing some of these stops come as much as 10 to 12 laps of what we normally would on a little bit bigger racetrack. Here's Hutch Strickland, one of three cars in the lead lap yet to pit. Here comes another of those cars, Kenny Schrader. Derek Cope is not pitted yet. Jim Phillips, both of these fellas are in front of you. Right side of Hutchinson's car, and that's just Buick. Kenny Schrader, the same strategy in the pits this week for Kenny Schrader. Richard Broom is back on the job as crew chief. You know, he had back surgery, and Rick Hedrick was taking over as crew chief in his absence, but he's back today. They're cleaning that windshield off a lot of debris on the windshield, and Kenny Schrader cleaning it off, changing four tires. Hutt Strickland service is almost done on his car. He's down and out away. The left side to be completely down. Kenny Schrader's car, he's down and away. So uh, he was talking about Rick Hendrick being the crew chief on that car. I think Rick gave it up because he didn't like the hours and the pay. I'm <laughs> sure that was a big difference right there for Rick. I'm sure it was. You know, Rick Hendrick, in all seriousness here, a lot of folks say, well, here's a businessman, he's a car owner and what have you. Many folks don't realize, Rick, that you do have a rather extensive racing background. I was nine years old. I worked on modified cars and, uh, you know, Frank Edwards that does the chassis and on the 25 car for Schrader helped me build the car with my dad that I raced when I was 14. So, you know, I've grown up doing this and, uh, I, I think I understand it. Maybe I understand enough about it to get me in trouble, but uh, we've got a lot of good people, and I never go into suites. I'm always in the pits, and uh, I work with them on setups, and we share a lot of information, and we compare a lot of notes. So during the race, I'm always there and, and involved in the decisions that we make. And, you know, so it's not really something that new to me. It's uh, It really gives me an opportunity to get here on it was a good pit stop there for Derek Cope, Jim Phillips. Well, it beat the last one of 28 seconds. This one took only 21.6 seconds for Buddy Parrott and his son Brad as they completed a four-tire stop, 21.6. They got everything going for them here today. The car is running good. They've had pretty good pit stops. The only miscue they made, the car ran out of fuel some laps ago and cost him a chance of staying right up there uh, in the lead at that time, but he had such a big advantage. As we said, it was a good gamble on Buddy Parrott's uh, part. They haven't lost all that much, and they can still win this race here this afternoon. With 283 laps complete, let's take a break. 309 laps on the board in the running of the Budweiser 500 here in Dover, Delaware. Let's give you a rundown as we have it right now from timing and scoring. Let's recap those on the lead lap that Barney just mentioned a few minutes ago. Rusty Wallace is the race leader. Kyle Petty running in second. Third is Bill Elliott. And fourth now is Sterling Marlin. Fifth belongs to Dick Trickle. Sixth is Mike Martin. Seventh, Kenny Schrader. Eighth place is Ernie Irvin. 
ninth Morgan Shepard and 10th is Derek Cope all of those cars on the lead lap one lap down in 11th is Hutch Strickland also a lap down in 12th place Jeff Bodine 13th Ricky Rudd 14th Dale Jarrett and 15th Terry Labonte they're showing two laps down Richard Petty and I'm wondering about that right now because I thought it took them a little longer than that to make the driver change. But nevertheless, the rundown we have at the moment shows Petty's car with Larry Pearson at the wheel a couple of laps down. They're showing Jim Sauter driving in relief of Bobby Hillen in 17th spot, three laps down. Four laps down is Darrell Waltrip in 18th and Butch Miller in 19th. And five laps down is Davey Allison in 20th. Again, Dale Earnhardt is running some 240 laps back. If you're just joining us along the way, he went out on the 22nd lap with a uh, broken camshaft. They replaced that, did all the repairs on the car, and he has come back. Freddie Crawford is gone for the day. Harry Gant broke a camshaft. He is gone. Jimmy Spencer and Rob Moroso had engine failure. Bobby Gerhardt had the case of the flu and just was unable to continue. Mike Potter is out of his car, although now he is driving in relief for J.D. McDuffie. Everybody else has either been in and out of the garage area or is still running on the racetrack. Our congratulations to the goodies race for the money winner for the month of June, Anthony Hester, who listens to MRN on WFLS-FM out of Fredericksburg, Virginia. Mr. Hester lives in Louisa, Virginia. The winner of the goodies race for the money contest for the month of June. If you'd like to be part of that contest, the Daytona 500 Dream Vacation is the grand prize. You'll get two tickets to the 1991 Daytona 500, an escorted tour of the NASCAR Winston Cup garage area, two tickets to the 1991 goodies 300 there's accommodations for two people for four nights at the Treasure Island Inn in Daytona Beach Shores Florida and fifteen hundred dollars in spending money if you'd like to enter just send the front panel from any size package of goodies headache powders or goodies extra strength tablets or write the words goodies headache powders in plain block letters on a three by five card make sure you include your name address telephone number and the call letters of your local MRN station the address is Goodies Race for the Money, Post Office Box 2888, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32115. No purchase required, void where prohibited. Of course, all federal and local regulations do apply. The complete rules are available where you buy Goodies products. Good solid run for Rusty Wallace as he continues to set a pretty strong pace here at Dover this afternoon and wind his way around here. Kenny Schrader's had a good solid run. He's been right up there all afternoon. Let's go to his pit right now. Jim Phillips is there. Well, we've got two crew chiefs today. Rick Hendrick, could you give the reins back over to Richard Groom? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I couldn't hear you. I said, if you give the crew chief rain back to Richard Groom this week. No, he won't take it back yet. I guess I've got one more race in California before uh, I get to walk around back here behind the tires again. Is this the time in the race where you're just pacing yourself? Yeah, the car's a little bit loose. And, you know, we still got a lot of racing left, and we're just holding our own right now, so we just want to be there at the end. That's Rick Hendricks, still the crew chief on Kenny Schrader Chevrolet. He's had a good solid run here all afternoon long, Schrader has. He's been at the front of the pack, dicing for the lead a few times, but for the moment, as we said, there's still almost 200 miles of racing left. Just 318 miles are complete here in the Budweiser 500. So they're kind of going to take it easy here for a while, but he's still got a shot to win this thing. Rusty Wallace, meanwhile, taking up right where he left off at the Charlotte Motor Speedway last weekend. Boy, they dusted the field down there real well, and they're coming here to this weekend and hope they could do it again. And right now, that car is working well. Let's go back to the pits. Well, Barney, we're, we're in Rusty Wallace's pits. Uh, Barry Dodson sitting here giving uh, Rusty lap times per lap. 
coach them around this thing. A lot of times you walk up to a crew like this and you say, well, it looks like you're about to get it together this race. You walk up to this crew and say, well, it looks like you're about to get it together this year. But Harold Elliott, the engine builder, standing here watching them and talking them also. Harold, you guys are about to put it together for the first time or the second time this year. Well, you know, it hasn't been, we hadn't been running this year. There's a lot of other things to put in well, they, uh, they're trying to do the best they can here to get it together. He was a little bit busy talking. They may be having a problem coming up here. Oh. But Rusty right now continues to just get around this racetrack. If he's got a problem, it's not very apparent the way he's negotiating both ends of the speedway this afternoon. Wallace is still the leader. Kyle Petty having one of his strongest runs since Rockingham, North Carolina, several weeks ago, continues to just get it done here this afternoon. I was talking to Kyle the other day. He says, now that I have given up so many of my business interests and his country music career, singing career is kind of on hold, and he says it's made a big difference. You know, all of my days and all of my time is spent racing now. And, and where before, you know, even though I felt like I was giving 100%, there's no way you can give 100% when you've got other things on your mind and you're doing other things. And, you know, this, these guys on this car work so hard on it, Gary and John and everybody, that I kind of felt like I was cheating them. So, you know, I, I, I can't say that I did it did it all for them, you know, because I did it for myself, too, but that was a big part of it. And, uh, you know, we've come out this year and we've run a whole lot better. I've run good in a Bush car. That's given me a lot of confidence. And we've run good in a Weston Cup car, and that's given me a lot of confidence. And it seems like when I started divesting myself of a lot of other interests, I started running better. So I saw a quick fix all of a sudden, and I said, well, I'm just going to get rid of everything. And then we started running better. So, uh, you know, you know, I'll take the rap that I didn't used to believe it, that, that I wasn't as serious as I should be about it. But now that when you sit back and you look at the results of what's happened, then I can see where it's, it kind of messed me up a little bit. Kyle Petty, who has given up just about everything except to become a full-time racer, feels like it's made a big difference, and indeed it has. Right now, he's got a lot of catching up to do. Rusty Wallace has just about a full straightaway. Well, let's make that about two-thirds of a straightaway on the second-place car, Kyle Petty. Short break, and we'll be back to Dover in a minute. Lap 328 is on the board here at Dover Down Speedway with Rusty Wallace still leading the Budweiser 500. But two drivers just seconds ago came in for unscheduled pit stops. Dick Trickle had moved around Bill Elliott to take over the fourth spot, and that brought Elliott quickly on a pit road. Hut Strickland is also on the pit lane with the hood up on his car. First, let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, Bill Elliott's car, I think, kind of caught a lot of people by surprise. Mike Bean, the crew chief, is here. Mike, what happened? Thought he had a flat. You know, we had one earlier. We're loose a little bit. He stands in tight in the middle, so we just changed the setup a little bit. Hopefully, we'll get back going. All right, well, that's what they said. He's uh, a little bit warm in there, too. They kept spraying water in there, which is pretty understandable. It's a nice warm day here and a nice long race. Leader is on pit road. Rusty Wallace brings his car down. Now, as we said a little bit earlier, he pitted a little bit out of sequence from what some of the front runners did. He was in at lap 242, so this would be a scheduled pit stop for him. Let's go back to Dick Brooks. Well, they're going to just get him uh, gassed up and uh, tired up and see if they can't uh, maintain this lead they've got. I think uh, some good strategy is make sure that you don't have any bad strategy like they did with the, with the number 10 car, Derek Copes. And uh, if you've got a little bit of a lead, you're out in front of somebody. Come in, don't run out of fuel. Just come in, put the fuel in the thing, uh, put your four tires on, and go back and make it back up. Meanwhile, Hutch Strickland, they had the hood up on the Rebestus Buick. He was running in 11th spot, one lap down, but now they're pushing it away, Jim Phillips. Hutch Strickland's out of the car. What happened, Hutch? Well, I think it broke the camshaft. You know, the Rebestus Buick was really running good. I felt like we had a top five four in the 
day, but it's, it's outstanding. You know, all the guys done a super job all day long before we get me in and out of the field. And I tell you, we really game on You're headed down to the Davy Allison pit. What for? Well, I said Davy may need some relief here. He's not feeling good yet. I'm not getting his car. He needs it. If you couldn't understand what he said, he said Davy Allison's not feeling too good, and he might drive relief for Davy Allison. It's a third broken camshaft we've seen today. Earnhardt, Harry Gant, and now Hutch Strickland. And we're also seeing some relief driving. We used to see a lot of that here at Dover, and we may see some, quite a bit of it before the day is over. It's been very warm up in the 80s most of the day. Now, Richard Petty has just climbed back into the STP Pontiac, so he has replaced Larry Pearson, who had in turn replaced Richard earlier in the day. Let's go back to Pit Road. Well, one of the things I was going to say was uh, to talk about this camshaft. If you remember when I talked to Richard a while ago when they were replacing the uh, shaft in uh, in Earnhardt's car, he said that they had a new camshaft that they started running in Darlington, and it ran good for them. Well, sometimes these guys, uh, you remember last year, they had a lot of trouble keeping the car going. They uh, they just couldn't seem to get the thing up to speed toward the end of the year. Then all of a sudden this year they've just been a ball of fire, especially on these kind of racetracks. Well, Darlington would use basically the same kind of cam they do here. So they found themselves a camshaft that uh, give them a little bit of an edge for two or three races. Probably now everybody else has found the same camshaft. And in some cases, when that kind of thing happens, they get, uh, uh, you know, it comes from the same vendor. They all buy them from the same people. And maybe just a little bit wrong, something wrong with the metal that they're made out of or whatever, and all of a sudden they start breaking. They'll do it with camshafts. They'll do it with rods. They'll do it with pistons. They all use basically the same thing once they find out what works. And uh, now they've got three busted camshafts. I bet you if you track that down really close, you'd find that they might be all the same kind. Morgan Shepard just come in. They changed four tires on his car. Filled him up with Unical gas and got him on his way. And also Kyle Petty, who had assumed the lead a moment ago, made a stop just a second ago. They made a four-tire change on Kyle's car and sent him back onto the racetrack. So just about all the drivers that pitted all around lap 220 to lap 258 or 59 have now been back in the pits. Morgan Shepard is pitted as well here on lap 336. So through all of this that's going on, Sterling Marlin has inherited the lead in the Sunoco Oldsmobile here on the 339th lap. Those out of the race, Hutt Strickland, Mike Potter, Bobby Gerhardt is out of the race. Rob Moroso is gone. Jimmy Spencer, Harry Gant, and Freddie Crawford. Now here's Ken Schrader, the seventh place runner on pit road. And the Kodiak crew goes to the right side on Kenny Schrader's car. They're changing the right side tires and looking at the left side. So he's one of the cars that's not going to change for this time down. 13.4 seconds of the pit stop for Kenny Schrader. Good stop yep. for him. Changing just to two tires is going to pick him up a little distance on the racetrack. Dick? Barney got Larry Pearson here. Larry didn't stand very long. What happened? Well, his seat's a lot different from mine. You know, I only practiced eight laps in the car, and I didn't really let it run long enough to, to, to see what it was going to do to him. But, uh, you know, he just, he don't like to practice a lot. So he didn't want to, you know, take a chance on firing the car up or blowing the motor during practice. But uh, his seat's sort of awkward anyway. It sits sort of crooked. Uh, he's a little bit thinner than I am. His uh, right side rib, uh, rib cage uh, red was, was cutting into my ribs pretty good, and I couldn't breathe. That's a uh, kind of a unique story. I think uh, you guys made a comment about the... Uh, the old time fans uh, talking about a Pearson getting in a petty car. Uh, that's probably true. But I've been in Petty's car a couple times years ago. He does have the most unique seat of any driver on the circuit. Never understood how the man could possibly set it the way he has. 
and he's been doing it for 130 years and four jillion miles. And, and 200 wins. And 200 wins. So uh, whatever that seat's got in, it's got some magic going. But same thing that Sterling Marlin ran into last week. Sterling substituted for Richard last week and had to get out after 20 miles. And then Hutch Strickland was finally uh, turned over to the uh, driving chores. But Sterling did the same thing. I don't know how the man sits in that car. And obviously he does, and he's been so very successful forever. Well, just about every driver has a, a position he likes his seat angled at or the whatever. And Richard Petty, certainly being a big tall fellow, when you put a smaller man in there like Larry Pearson, going to make a big difference. That's for sure. 344 laps are complete here at Dover in the Budweiser 500. Sterling Marlin is the leader. He has yet to make his pit stop. We'll take a break and we'll be back. The Budweiser 500 at Dover Downs in Delaware has 150 laps remaining. We are 350 laps into the books. Dick Trickle continues as the race leader. Dick Brooks, you have run here in the past, and you've had some pretty decent runs here at Dover. Is there a time in this race where you are cognizant of the length of the day, or uh, once you get to this point and this level of racing, are you in shape enough that it's not really a major factor? Well, they call it the Monster Mile. I know that uh, some of the racetrack officials have uh, tried to stop that a time or two because it's kind of a slam to them. But if you really, really want to know the absolute truth, after you run here four or five times, when you really get to know how far this race really is or worrying about how, how you're going to take it, is when you send in your entry blank. Could be six months before the race. You know what you're going to have to go through. But I think the main thing is uh, we were just discussing there just a little bit about trickle. And the way he's feeling about it. He's kind of a newcomer to this. And he's a newcomer to these guys and this kind of racing, even though he's uh, been around a long, long time. He's probably enjoying what he's doing. I don't know if he's tired or, or hot or whatever, but he's probably enjoying it right now because he's leading the race. But you get the, the guys uh, back a while, uh, back uh, two or three laps down or something. About this time, uh, you may not have looked at the board until now, or, or maybe, uh, you know, a little while ago. You look over the board now thinking, well, this thing's got to be over. I don't know where the white flag is, but sooner or later it's going to be here. And you still got an hour to go. Think, oh, Lord, what are we going to do now? You know, and, and you, then things start to ache and pain a little bit. It's been a long time since these guys have had a caution. They haven't had any time to just sit and rest. And uh, I could describe a lap sometime around this racetrack, but it's tough because of the way the banks are, uh, straightaways are banked and the way the corners give away in the middle in between one and two and then in between three and four the car uh, does some funny things in there so you have to stay on top of it all the time i think by now if you're leading the race running second or third somewhere along in there you're probably okay if you're running 10th or 15th and you're a lap or two down you got to be hurting so bad that you just can't hardly believe it really makes a long long day it's an endurance race it's not so much the 500 miles as the fact that it takes a little better than four hours to get around this racetrack and get it done Ernie Irvin who was running in second position has just made a pit stop let's cover that one they changed right side tires on the Kodak Oldsmobile fitted you to count gasoline Cody Glover made an adjustment on the left side two rounds of wedge in 16.3 seconds Terry Labonte is in his crew is going to change all four tires on the Skull Oldsmobile they're through with the right side around to the left side now so we've seen Four tire stops for Terry Labonte. And Rick Wilson brings his machine back onto the pit road also. They're making a stop there. It'll just be a routine stop for Rick. They'll change right side tires, dump in some gasoline, and send him back onto the racetrack. Of course, next weekend, we head out to the West Coast for the running on the road course at Sonoma, California. Ernie Irvin, about whom we were just speaking, making that pit stop. He's from 
Modesto, California. We were talking yesterday about where Modesto is in relation to Sonoma and uh, what type of fan following he has on the West Coast because he's had a lot of success out there. Well, Modesto is about 120 miles from uh, Sonoma and where I grew up is about 100 miles from Sonoma there in Monterey and Carmel and stuff. Uh, I grew up five miles from Laguna Seca Raceway, so I, I did race Laguna some and got some road race experience there. And uh, I don't know if it'll help me a whole lot of serious point. It hadn't yet, but uh, uh, we're, we're going out there an awful good race car and, um, you know, hopefully we'll do good. I do have some family left out there. I got a sister out there and uh, aunts and uncles and grandparents and uh, uh, all them people and we're looking forward to seeing them and hopefully do good for them there on the West Coast. Our coverage next Sunday one week from today begins at 245 Eastern time. Those of you out on the Pacific Coast that means our coverage begins at 1145 in the morning with a green flag at 12 noon Pacific time three o'clock Eastern time from the 11 turn road course at Sonoma California. Got to be some tired race drivers out there right about now as Dick Brooks pointed out. Here's Dale Earnhardt coming in. This would be a routine stop if you joined our broadcast late. Earnhardt lost the camshaft in his motor early in the race this afternoon. They took it to the garage and spent 240 laps going into the engine, rebuilding it and putting it back together, getting him back onto the racetrack. And he is out there accumulating as many possible spots as he can that he would have lost had he sit in the garage area. So the Winston Cup points very important to Dale Earnhardt. It's just a routine stop for him right now. 360 miles complete in the Budweiser 500 this afternoon. Dick Trickle had been leading this race, getting around here pretty good. Been a great day for Dick Trickle. Good weekend for him, getting his first bush pole ever in Winston Cup competition, and he had hoped to pull off a win. I wouldn't count him out, although he was off the pace there for just a lap or so. Ricky Rudd will make his stop. He is currently being posted in fifth. Derek Cope is second, and third right now is Rusty Wallace. From the Dover Downs International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. 367 laps on the board here at Dover Downs International Speedway. The cloud cover beginning to intensify just a bit more, although we are obviously well past halfway here, but uh, still flirting with Mother Nature just a bit this afternoon. They had forecast a possibility of some shower activity later in the day, and we're not out of the woods as far as getting just a, maybe a local shower here before the day is over, but hopefully we will be because the race is beginning to, well, at 368. Uh, laps complete. We won't take that too much longer. Finish running what is left of the Budweiser 500. Heard an interesting conversation the other day between Davey Allison and Bill Elliott. I, I think this bears passing along to, to the listeners out there. And the race is not that exciting at this particular moment here. This is the stage of the race where they're going to ride a while anyway. And uh, we'll probably get some comments from Dick Brooks about this. They were talking about cellular phones, the car phones. Sure. That if they put them in the race cars nowadays, they just started talking, you know, what if everybody had car phones and they were talking about what they would do and who they'd call up and what they'd say and whatever <laughs> and Davey Allison said well I'll tell you one thing he said there are a lot of drivers out there that lines would be busy real quick he said you know I, a lot of times I wanted to call maybe somebody like Earnhardt or Wallace and say hey this is Davey Allison uh, if you do what you did to me that last lap uh, you know so and so is going to happen and I, Dick I remember back when you drove in some of those wild years, is for lack of a better way to put it, if you'd had a car phone and everybody else had, your line would have been busy all the time, I guess. Friendly ice cream parlors, you would have been calling. Well, I don't know. We didn't need car phones in them days. We had sign language. I think maybe the sign language, some of it slipped away now, but uh, it seemed like everybody got the message and we didn't have to pay the bill. Would be an interesting concept if they did have car phone, because you could even tell a guy, you know, a lot of things, not just necessarily get on his case because maybe he bumped you a little bit or whatever, but uh, it, it was interesting to sit and listen yeah. to those two talk about Taking that. Taking it a step farther, though, if you had cellular communications between your car and your pit area, 
I wonder, I don't know that much about the technology as Jeff Bodine is in for service right now. He was running in eighth place moments ago. I don't know enough about the cellular technology, but I wonder whether you can as easily eavesdrop on those conversations as other teams can now listen in to you on your two-way radio, whether you might be able to get a little more security in your conversations and your strategy than you do right now in the conventional two-ways. Well, Eli, there's been talk about that. Uh, people trying to get frequencies and such. Not an ad for a car store, but we've got a, I've got an automobile store in Miami, Florida, and and, uh, and we've got a service down there like they use at the uh, around the airport and around some construction areas now. It says tune to radio so and so or tune your radio to frequency so and so, and uh, for information. Well, it's a it's a it's a broadcasting frequency, all right, but it's real it's a real short band or low uh, frequency. It doesn't reach very far. But you can have your own channel. You get to your own uh, station. Uh, uh, and I know these guys have got these things, got their own channels within a, within a band. But they, uh, the scanners will search all of those channels so they find it so they can eat drops on each other. I think there's been some talk about having a system to where you can, uh, it'd be a little more difficult for people to scan you. Right now, there's, uh, you know, they got spotters all the way around the racetrack. And if there's something happens on the back stretch, for instance, and you're on the front stretch, the spotter can holler, you know, turn to, turn to, there's something going on. Well, everybody else can hear him, too. So uh, it gives everybody the same advantage. If you could do that yourself and you're a little bit quicker than somebody else, you might get an advantage. So if they can have independent frequencies, I don't know about the cellular stuff. I don't know how all that works. But uh, if they can have an independent thing that nobody else can listen to, it would probably be an advantage to them, and some of the people have talked about that. Well, it's interesting because uh, Stafford Motor Speedway in Connecticut is one of the racetracks that has what we used to call in, in years gone by used to be a popular in college campuses a campus limited radio station about a one kilowatt all the way down at one end of the dial and at Stafford I know they used to take the PA feed and uh, a makeshift type of radio broadcast the folks who sit in the grandstand and be able to listen to the PA feed through their headphones coming out of a out of a conventional radio so that uh, type of technology is certainly uh, not all that out outlandish at all. Well, it's kind of an interesting concept to think about. Uh, it was just interesting to listen to those two guys talk about be. the other day. Take a look right now. 377 miles complete. Rusty Wallace is a leader. He is ahead right now of Kyle Petty by just about a full straightaway as Kyle tries to chase him down. And riding in the number three spot is Dick Trickle. Fourth position belongs right now to Sterling Marlin. And rounding out the top five is driver Kenny Schrader. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back to Dover in a minute. Lap 383, we've got Rusty Wallace leading Kyle Petty, Dick Trickle, Sterling Marlin, and Mark Martin. That's the top five here in the mid-stages of the Budweiser 500. And taking you a little bit further back right now, they're showing in sixth position. That would be Kenny Schrader. The seventh place right now, according to NASCAR scoring. I guess that's, uh, let me get my thoughts together here a real quick second. Bill Elliott is up there. Also. Trouble in the back straightaway. Dick Trickle gets tagged from behind by Kyle Petty. The car rolls around two times, spins, that is, down the back straightaway, spins once again up at the banking of turn three. Caution is on the speedway as Dick Trickle had a close call in the middle of that back straightaway, slid at least six or 700 feet, looking at all the dust and debris flying over there. It didn't appear that any other car made a contact with him. Let's go back to Joe Moore. Dick did a good job keeping the car off either the inside or the outside retaining wall. Now, he was working with Kyle. 
Kyle Petty. They had been battling for the second spot. Kyle held it. Dick had gotten around two or three laps ago. Kyle came back to challenge him again. The two cars had banged a couple of laps ago up in turn four while they were battling. This time off turn number four, they were side by side. Dick got around. Looked like Kyle got a piece of him from the rear end. Got the car cocked sideways, and he went spinning around and around down the complete length of this back straightaway. Finally came to a halt up the banking of turn three. He locked the car down to keep it from going back up into traffic over into the entrance of turn number three. He has gone on around the racetrack, and from looking at it from the right side of the car, where we're sitting here outside the track, doesn't appear to be any damage to the car. In fact, the way he's running, looking at the left side, now as he goes through turns one and two, the car appears to be all right. Seems to be in good shape, so we are under caution here on lap 386. Let's go down to Dick Brooks. Well, doesn't seem to be any problem here. They're saying that there's nothing wrong with the car. Uh, as far as they know, they're just going to bring him in for a regular routine stop here, and uh, he must have done a good job over there. That gets awful tight down the middle of that back straightaway. It does. This racetrack narrows. If you've never been to Dover Downs, the racetracks are fairly wide in the turns at 58 feet. But when you come off the corner, it narrows to 48 feet wide. So things can happen in a hurry. It's kind of like going down a little tunnel there on the back straightaway. Meanwhile, pit stops for most everyone on lap 387. First to Jim Phillips. Sterling Barley brought the Sudoku Oldsmobile in. Of course, they've one of the teams have been changing four tires. Derek Cope is now in. They're changing right side tires on his car, and I'm sure with this caution flag, all these teams will take an opportunity to change four. In fact, they're going on the left side of Dale Jarrett's car right now. Buddy Perrin having just a bit of trouble with the right front tire. Now he's working his way, getting the tire around the left side or the back side of uh, the Derek Cope automobile. So looks like four tire stops for most of these teams. Let's go oh, to Dick Kyle, Brooks. When Kyle come by, I couldn't see any problem with the front of his car. Uh, I just happened to be here in the pits of Dick Trickle, standing right behind his car. And I can't see any paint color on the back of his, but there was a little dent right in the rear, <laughs> right in the rear of the bumper. So he may have got tagged just a little bit, but other than that, there's no damage on it. That's amazing. The guy can drive through that over there and uh, not hit anything. It's either awful lucky or his arms are smoking for, from uh, cranking on the steering wheel. But uh, they did a good job, evidently. Uh, Folger's car, Mark Martin's in. Uh, they're changing the tires on his car. They got a little problem with the left rear. Can't get, seem to get the uh, thing tight. Now it's down and, and ready to go. But they're going to get these cars uh, fueled up, tired up, and, uh, and ready to go again. If this race stays under green, it's very unlikely that anybody would even think about running the distance without another pit stop. 388 miles left to, are, are complete, so that gives us way over 100 miles yet left to go, but I don't think anybody would. You wouldn't think so. We've seen close teams, to it. Yeah, you've seen teams today stop and virtually run out of fuel at laps 87 or 88 or 89 into a pit stop sequence. So to go at this point 112 miles would be a bit unusual. Let's go back down to pit road. Well, I think if they were going to uh, plan strategy for the end of this thing right now, they'd plan to get the four best tires on the car they could because they can run with the four tires. They don't need to change tires again if they didn't have to, but they, uh, if they had to come down right down to the end of it where they just had to splash in enough gas to run another 20 laps or so, I doubt whether they'd really want to come in and change tires and just get fuel on. So they're probably putting on their race winning or race ending tires right now and uh, just in case it goes that way. Jim Phillips, what do you got down there? We have Davey Allison. Davey's climbed out of the Haviland port and let Hut Strickland take over. Davey, why'd you climb out? Well, Jim, the, the seat got to mashing over on my ribs when I was in the corners, and it got hurt right, right up through my back. I got where I couldn't breathe in the corners. I was having to take deep breaths down the straightaways and hold my breath through the turns, and it just wore me down to where I had to get out of it before I ended up spinning out and crashing. It's really not been a good week here at Dover for you. Well, it's just been one of those weekends. We hadn't been able to get the thing sorted out. We thought we had it dialed in yesterday, and 
Today we get out there in the car and it drives all together different. We don't have any explanation for it. So we're missing something on our homework somewhere. We're going to have to go back and get busy and try to get it sorted out. That's Davey Allison. He's at Hut Strickland takeover for him in the Haviland Ford. We have 110 miles remaining in the Budweiser 500. Rusty Wallace is still the race leader. Next Sunday, NASCAR road racing on the 12-turn Sears Point International Raceway. Live coverage from California begins at 2.45 Eastern on MRN Radio. Of course, shortly after our return from California, after quick trips to Pocono and Michigan, we'll be down at Daytona Beach, Florida for the Pepsi 400 on July the 7th. And you can join us as well. You can look for details on specially marked packages of Have a Tampa Jewels. They've got tickets to the 400, two nights hotel accommodations, an escorted tour of the garage, plus tickets to Central Florida attractions and $500 in cash. Details on specially marked packages of Have a Tampa Jewels. In one lap, we go back to racing. From the Dover Downs International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. We are back to green flag racing here at Dover Downs, lap 392. The leaders are off turn two. Rusty Wallace brings it off turn two, and Ricky Rudd is there trying to get back on the lead lap. He's alongside the race leader back in turn three. Rudd tried to stay up there and get that lap back, wasn't able to do it as Rusty just dives underneath him going off into the corner, but Rudd hasn't given up the chase yet. Here he comes right back on Rusty Wallace as they race door to door back into turn number one. They're still side by side. Rudd's on the outside, but going into the corner. Finally, Rusty gets around in front of the lap car of Ricky Rudd. Second place car is Kyle Petty, Sterling Marlin next in line. He's third. Fourth is Kenny Schrader, and fifth is Dick Trickle. Trickle working the outside of Jeff Bodine's car is being shown a lap in arrears. Field comes off turn number four. They'll swing to the outside retaining wall. The leader is Wallace then the lapped car of Rudd, followed by second place Kyle Petty. They're back in one. Single file this time as they go into the corner. Further back in the field, Bill Elliott works around the lap car of Jeff Bodine. Gets the car almost crossed up. Back up at the front of the field here, Sterling Marlin. He looks down to the inside of Kyle Petty, but quickly gets back in single file as they head for turn three. But you can't afford to lose any positions at this stage of the race. We'll be going into the final 100 miles here in just six more laps around this racetrack. Wallace is the leader. He continues to stretch away from the rest of the field. Now Kyle Petty drops back another spot. Sterling, Sterling Marlin goes to the outside of Kyle Petty in a bid for the second spot and gets around here in turn number two. Sterling smokes the tires a couple of times as he almost binds the car up and trying to swoop back down in front of Kyle Petty. He's got one of the strongest cars on the speedway right now. Talking about Sterling Marlin, he's been pretty well dialed in all day. But after that last couple of pit stops, he has really got it hooked up. Although Wallace has got it hooked up even better. He has now stretched his lead to a full second over the rest of the field. And again, Sterling Marlin has to deal with the lap car of Ricky Rudd. We're seeing some smoke out of the back of Sterling Marlin's car. A lot more smoke than should be coming out, especially in the corners. We'll follow him back into turn number three. He gets down to the inside of Ricky Rudd. Several puffs of smoke again off turn four. Smoke from Sterling Marlin, who now is in second. Can't really tell if it's tire smoke or coming out from something else, but there is indeed quite a bit of smoke coming from under the car. Let's see if we can get a report from his pit. We're in Spencer checking it out right now to see what the problem is with Sterling Marlin's car. Steve Lloyd, the crew chief, they say you have a little smoke. I don't know what happened. Either the 25 run into him or the 5 run into him. So they knocked the fender in against the tire, so that's the problem for Sterling Marlin. So Sterling comes out of the number four corner. The car's still taking the good 
line coming off the turns and he is keeping pace with the race leader Rusty Wallace at this moment nor is he losing anything to Jeff or excuse me to Ricky Rudd and Kyle Petty who are right there running behind him but Sterling Marlin not running as comfortably obviously as he would like. Let's give you a rundown as we just now have gotten it from NASCAR. The leader is Rusty Wallace second is Kyle Petty then we've got Sterling Marlin Schrader is fourth fifth is Dick Trickle Bill Elliott is sixth. Derek Cope is seventh, eighth is Mark Martin, ninth place is Ernie Irvin, and tenth is Morgan Shepard. All of those cars are on the lead lap. One lap down in 11th spot now is the Ricky Rudd car, and 12th is Jeff Bodine, also a lap down. 13th is Dale Jarrett, he's two laps back. 14th is Terry Labonte, he's also two laps back. In 15th is the Bobby Hillen car with Jim Sauter as the driver. They are five laps down. Also five down, Darrell Waltrip running in 16th. 17th, six laps down, is the Butch Miller car. 18th, eight lap down, is Brett Bodine. 19th, nine laps down, is Jimmy Horton. In 20th, 12 laps down, is Richard Petty. 21st, 15 laps down, is Jimmy Means. 32 laps down in 22nd is the J.D. McDuffie car with Mike Potter driving. 23rd spot is Michael Waltrip. He is 148 laps down. And now going to the garage area is Dale Earnhardt. He was being shown in 24th spot, 240 laps down, and he has now taken the Goodwrench Chevy to the garage. Missing in that rundown is the Davy Allison car, which Hutch Strickland is now driving. We'll place that for you here in just a second. Dale Earnhardt takes his car back to the garage area. Apparently the engine has expired on that car for a second time today. 402 miles complete here at Dover Downs of the Budweiser 500. The advantage right now for driver Rusty Wallace, one and six tenths seconds over second place Sterling Marlin. So he continues to pad his lead a little bit. Kyle Petty's car not working through the corner like it did a little bit earlier this afternoon. He currently is back there in third spot. But he, too, is losing a little ground, Joe Moore, to the leader. Yes, he definitely is trying to hold on with uh, what he can there, but his car is kicking up a bit more in the corners than he would like it to. We were watching a good fifth-place battle between Bill Elliott and Dick Trickle. Finally, it looks as though Elliott has moved by Trickle. Trickle's car also was kicking out a bit in the corners, so Elliott now has moved to fifth. Back in sixth is Dick Trickle, seventh the Derek Cope car, and eighth is Mark Martin. And Cope, at this juncture, is beginning to draw near to Trickle. Trickle drops to the inside of the racetrack. Cope will stay to the outside this is a bid for seventh and it won't work up in turn number one cope holds on to his spot off the corner trickle drops down low gives him plenty of racing room but he's not going to be able to move alongside now as they go into turn three though again to the outside of the racetrack goes Derek cope that would be the hard way around he looks directly ahead and he sees bill elliott up there and says nope i'm not going to get hung out here to dry for the moment so he will let dick trickle go back into turn number one now whether he's going to try him again coming off that corner on the outside as we said very difficult passing. They're back in turn two. Again, a battle for the sixth spot. You can see Dick Trickle's car in turn number two breaking loose on the outside of the racetrack. The inside lane opens up. That's where Derek Cope goes and battles for the spot and gets it in turn three. Also going downstairs underneath Trickle is Mark Martin, and Martin is trying to stay down low to see if he can grab a spot on Derek Cope, but he can't. So Cope now moves by, as does Mark Martin. Dick Brooks is already on his way to the Trickle pit area. It's going to be interesting to find out whether Trickle did get some damage and that little uh, bump and go on the straightaway there, or maybe the fact that the tire change uh, was not like some other teams that took on four tires. Dick, are they tipping their hand at all as to what's going on? Yeah, Eli, they just got a little bit uh, off on the stagger on the tires. 
they uh, started the race a little bit loose and then worked it out to uh, tighten the car up some. And uh, now they've got a little bit loose again. A caution flag would sure help them tighten the thing back up. But, uh, you know, Trickle is not really a fool either. He's a, he's a smart race driver. And uh, when he gets away from that traffic and he gets to where he can sit and think just a little bit instead of having to watch his mirror and everything, he might figure out a little bit of a way to tighten the car up himself. Now, you can do that somewhat. You can drive the car a little bit deeper in the corner, or you can get out of the throttle just a little bit quicker and plant it just a little bit deeper. If you remember earlier, I told you, you drive the car down in the corner until it uh, sets itself, until it gets neutral, and then you slam the throttle down and uh, hope that you got the chassis set right to do that. You don't have to wait till it gets neutral. Neutral, drive it down in there and make it push, and then slam the throttle down and keep it pushing coming off. Sometimes you can tighten the car up a little bit itself, and uh, and Trickle may be able to figure that out some. But right now they need a caution flag. They could use one badly. 408 miles complete in the Budweiser 500. NASCAR scoring says that Davey Allison should be running in 18th position. That would put him some eight laps behind if he is back in the running order right there as we have just confirmed it with him. So he'll be in 18th position about eight laps back. 90 miles to go here in the Budweiser 500. They're still chasing Rusty Wallace. Sterling Marlin is second. Third right now Kyle Petty. And in fourth position Kenny Schrader. From the Dover Downs International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. We are 411 laps into the 500 laps that make up the Budweiser 500 here at Dover Downs International Speedway today. Eli Gold with Barney Hall, the entire MRN crew is here. Only four caution flags today, and we went from lap 99 all the way to lap 385 without a caution. So we've had a fairly rapidly run race this afternoon. A little bit later on in the broadcast, we'll be finding out from the folks at Western Auto as to who the mechanic of the race will be today. The winner of that award gets $1,000 from Western Auto. After last weekend's race at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, Robin Pemberton, the crew chief for Mark Martin's racing team, is the leader. Tim Brewer from Jeff Bodine's Budweiser Ford team is second in the seasonal points. Gary Nelson, who's the crew chief for Kyle Petty, is third. Jeff Hammond, Darrell Walchup's crew chief, is fourth. And Tony Glover has now moved into the top five. He is the crew chief for Ernie Irvin on the Kodak Film Oldsmobile. So that's a $25,000 award to be handed out at season's end from Western Auto and a $1,000 prize each and every week. We'll update you on that a little bit later on. Wallace continues to set a good, steady, strong pace here this afternoon to the Budweiser 500. And so far, nobody's able, been able to do anything with him at all. And there's still plenty of time to get it done. But so far, that team has not missed a beat. Once they got things turned around at Charlotte Motor Speedway last weekend, picking up their first win over there of the year, he came here all smiles. And I guess that's as, as probably as happy as I've seen Rusty yet. You don't ever see him down in the mouth that much, but you could tell a big difference between here and before the race at Charlotte a couple of weeks ago in his attitude and about the crew and everything else. It does take a lot of rough edges off when you finally pull that win out. And he said, you know, we haven't run all that badly. He said it's been a series of bad breaks, some bad luck, uh, call it what you will. He said, but the overall performance hasn't been all that shabby. And I guess when you when you stop to take a look at it, uh, the final result doesn't always tell you the entire story. And he also talked about the championship. He said, I was real disappointed that a lot of the writers and broadcasters were saying that, you know, we couldn't get anything going in 1990. And no way we'd ever repeat as Winston Cup champions. He said, that's never been out of my mind at all. We will probably win it. At least I hope so. Oh, we never counted ourselves out. Just a little bit of statistics for you right here. I mean, this point, this particular race last year, coming into the Dover race, 
I was 166 points behind in fifth position or seventh position. Right now I'm 170 points behind in fifth position. So I'm virtually almost in an identical area right now. I blew up the same amount of stuff and tore up the same amount of cars at this point as I did last year. And from here on out it was smooth sailing. Now I don't know if it's going to happen this time. I'm sure hoping it will. So Rusty Wallace, I wouldn't count him out no. against him because that team Despite all the adversity and all the conflict they had with the car owner, Raymond Beadle, and everything else last year, they managed to pull off and win that championship, and they're out to do it again this year. And with Earnhardt having bad luck two races in a row, sure going to pick him up a lot of points here today. Boy, what a difference a year makes, too, with Dale Earnhardt last year dominating both races here at Dover Downs. He led 455 laps of this event a season ago. Trouble in turn two. Jeff Bodine gets spot around, slams into the inside retaining wall. All other traffic gets by. Bodine's car sits at the inside of the racetrack just about halfway down this back straightaway and we're under caution it'll be the fifth one this afternoon Jeff Bodine having a trouble coming off turn number two that's been the trouble spot here all day long most of the cautions we have had have happened right through the turn two area back to Joe Moore that's about the fourth car that spun here off turn number two in this particular case Bodine was racing with a slower car coming off the corner he got it cocked sideways almost brought it back got back into the throttle but then it went sideways again looped around here and he did quite a bit of damage to the left side of the car and the front end. He has, however, fired the car back up and is headed back around for the pit area. And the pit area will be a busy place when they open that pit road here in just a moment as the caution car will pick them up and bring them down. They can certainly go the distance now. Just 80 miles left in the Budweiser 500. MRN Radio bringing you live coverage of today's Budweiser 500 here at Dover Downs. But of course, we'll be with you every week as the Winston Cup Series rolls on next weekend to Sears Point out in Sonoma, California. You might want to take the time right now to call or write to the radio station you're listening to and thank them for airing our MRN broadcasts because it is the response from you, the racing fans, that really has a determination on what a radio station will carry. So let uh, yourself uh, take a moment or so and drop a note to your radio station. We'd really appreciate that. To let you know to exactly whom you are listening, we'll pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Barring any problems, these are the final pit stops for everyone. Who gets out quickest? Let's find out. Dick Brooks? Well, I, I think the one that's going to help the most from where we've been all day today is Dick Trickle. It's going to give him a chance to, to completely redo that car. In fact, in this time, they're putting a little bit of wedge in the left rear. That means that the car was loose on them, and uh, they're going to try to tighten it up a little bit by putting a little bit more weight down on the left rear. Bill Elliott's car's in. They're changing uh, four tires on his car. He's done a chassis adjustment on it. Uh, Kyle Petty's done, got his done, and he's away. And uh, as, uh, the 27 car, Rusty Wallace, dropped his car and it's gone. They're trying to fix up Jeff Bodine's car a little bit, but as it come by, it was wrinkled on every corner. So uh, they're going to have a little trouble getting it going or getting it going right anyway. Jim Phillips. Uh, the four cars in the top ten on this end of pit road, Derek Cope, that's Buddy Parrott and his son Brad made the quickest stop first out of the pits. They took on four tires and gasoline, as did Kenny Schrader. He exited the pits second. And then came uh, Sterling Marlin's crew had a little work to do sheet metal wise on that uh, Sunoco Oldsmobile. They were third and then came Ernie Irvin's crew had a little trouble on the left rear. They exited fourth. So with the four cars are running in the top ten there. That's the way they came out of the pit. And it will put Derek Cope second behind the leader right now. Rusty Wallace Wallace down pitting all the way down toward turn number one. His crew gave him a good quick stop put him back onto the racetrack and whether they're going to come back in a second time remains to be seen. I don't think they will because they changed four tires and have that thing loaded up with Union gasoline ready to go the distance short break and back to Dover in a minute. 
Still under caution here at Dover Downs. Winston Racing Series action around the country last night. A quick update for you out at the uh, Colorado National Speedway in Erie, Colorado. Bob Fix got the victory over John Wither and Chris Miles. Last night at the Somerville Speedway in South Carolina, Mike Graham out of Charleston gets the win over Jerry Williams and Ronnie Daniels. Last night at the Star Speedway in Epping, New Hampshire, Norm Wren from Nashua gets the victory there. Also last night, the Oxford Plains Speedway in Oxford Plains, Maine. Tracy Gordon gets the victory over Mike Rowe and Bob Jerry. Just some of the action taking place in the Winston Racing Series across the country. Dick Brooks has been down there watching Junior Johnson's crew service the Budweiser Ford of Jeff Bodine. How severely was the car hurt there, Dick? Well, it's got a lot of damage on it. Uh, it was hit really hard in the right front. It's fairly hard in the right rear, uh, and uh, they've got all four wheels on it, all right. I don't know exactly if they're rolling in the right direction or not, but uh, they've got him back on the racetrack, and uh, we'll see what happens to him here in a little bit. While I'm here, uh, something we were just talking about just a few minutes ago, something that's probably going to make some of these guys happy. We might beat them out of a free meal or something here. Gary Nelson's just been uh, voted as the Western Autos Mechanic of the Race Award. Gets him a 1000 bucks. And a pretty good chance to get 25 at the end of the year. What do you think about that, Gary? Well, I appreciate the award from the Western Auto people, and uh, we'll put the money to good use, I'm sure. I bet you do. I bet you don't share with us, Odie. Well, we might buy you a cold drink. I heard that. Okay, well, that's good. These guys are doing a good job, and uh, Western Auto's uh, doing a good job for these fellows. They don't get the, the recognition like the drivers do all the time, and this is good for them. We're back under green in the Budweiser 500. Wallace takes off in a heartbeat through that gearbox and he'll pull away some five or 10 car lengths over the second place car. He's got the lap car of Ricky Rudd separating himself from the second place car of Derek Cope. Now Cope goes down to the inside of Ricky Rudd off turn number two, finally clears that machine and trying to track down Rusty Wallace. Further back, Kyle Petty, who is running near the end of the cars on the lead lap, has a long way to go to try and chase down the race leader. Off turn number four, already it's five car lanes to Rusty Wallace on second place, Derek Cope. They're back in turn number one. Derek Cope has two car links now on Ken Schrader, who runs the third spot. Here's Ricky Rudd now coming back on Kenny Schrader. He's not on the lead lap, but he's battling there with the front runners. Now they go back into single file in the backstretch. Single file as they work into turns three and four. Right now is the time somebody needs to get up to the front of that pack and put some heat on and try to catch Rusty Wallace if they're going to do it. If this race stays green, Wallace already in some three and a half laps has opened up a better than a full second on the rest of the field. The car that's coming through traffic, Kenny Schrader out of turn two. Schrader dives to the inside of Derek Cope, gets the spot, but here comes Cope battling back. He goes to the inside of Schrader. They're side by side on the back straightaway. This is a battle for second. Right behind them, a car on its own lap. That's Ricky Rudd. He's just running with the race leaders, though one lap down. Off turn four, Cope battling for second, stays to the inside. Schrader to the outside. They're eight, nine, ten car lanes now behind the leader and still battling in turn one. Schrader drives in a little bit harder on the outside. He's got the edge now coming off the corner, but Derek Cope battles back on the inside. Behind them is the Mark Martin car, a couple of lapped cars, and a battle for fifth. Ernie Irvin there on the inside of the Morgan Shepard car. Be 69 miles to go for leader Rusty Wallace at the start-finish line when he comes around this time. Now, Wallace has a big advantage here. He has a big advantage on the racetrack. He's almost a second and a half ahead right now. The other advantage is as long as second and third and fourth and fifth place cars are running door to door, really putting those cars in a bind and using up the tires on those cars through the corner, that makes him even that much more an odds on favorite to win here this afternoon as they work back to three. That second place battle continues. Derek Cope down to the inside of Kenny Schrader. They'll walk off four the same way. 
one and four tenth seconds now the differential from the leader Rusty Wallace back to that second place battle Derek Cope still to the inside of Kenny Schrader running behind them Mark Martin and Morgan Shepard next on the scoreboard Mark Martin sits in the third uh, fourth spot that is he's trying to get around the lap car of Ricky Rudd further back Ernie Irvin he's finally dispensed with the Sterling Marlin car but directly behind him it's the Morgan Shepard car on the outside of Dick Trickle they have their own battle going on in turn four and trickle down to the inside works his way around the racetrack I think somebody probably of the two crews between Derek Cope and Kenny Schrader might have gotten on the radio and said hey you guys can't run door to door that much more because as you do Rusty Wallace is putting a lot of daylight on you fellas so kind of tuck it in single file see if you can reel him back in they head for three Derek Cope goes to the second spot Kenny Schrader goes to the third spot Mark Martin to fourth all single file this time it was one and four tenths seconds moments ago now one and six tenths seconds from first place back to second so Rusty Wallace still running that clean line around this racetrack Ernie Irvin moving up a bit closer to the front we're still seeing some of that smoke from the left side of Sterling Marlins car that tire rub evidently continuing but it's not hurting him and he's running a good steady lap out there working down the back straightaway 434 laps on the board nine cars being shown on the lead lap Wallace Cope and Schrader Mark Martin in fourth Ernie Irvin in fifth Kyle Petty sixth Sterling Marlin seventh Bill Elliott eighth and Dick Trickle ninth alone on his own lap in tenth is Ricky Rudd two laps down in 11th Terry Labonte and 12th is Kyle Petty 13th four laps down is Jeff Bodine as the lead cars work now with 435 laps on the board just 65 to go Sterling Marlin sliding back through the field a little bit he's lost a couple of positions since they put him under green on this last restart here 436 miles complete as they head back to turns one and two and Wallace shows no sign of missing a beat Joe Moore I don't think he's buried more than a couple of feet through either end of this racetrack except for traffic the way that car's hooked up. Eli mentioned first part of the broadcast, Barney, the fact that uh, we weren't seeing too many cars really kick out in the corners or taking a higher line than they wanted to. Well, now we're seeing a lot of cars do that, but not Rusty Wallace. He puts it right down, as a matter of fact, over the white line coming into turn one, off turn two, a nice smooth move down here on the back straightaway. You called attention to Sterling Marlin a few moments ago. His continuing problems, the tire that's smoking, I guess rubbing against the fender as he comes through the corners. He almost lost that car in a battle there with Dick Trickle. Trickle was trying to get by him. He went way up the banking and did lose the position. Trickle advances now and is a fast closing Morgan Shepard now moving in on Sterling Marlin. Something was wrong with Ernie Irvin there for a moment. He came off turn number two and really slowed. But now he's back up to race pace as Dick Trickle has gone by him. Sometimes you just have to get out of the throttle. The only way you can save the car from going into the wall and that maybe is what happened to Ernie. Jim Phillips is in the pit area of the Kodak team and they don't seem to be overly concerned. Uh, so at this point evidently just a car saving maneuver there for Ernie Irvin more so than anything else. 439 laps on the board. Rusty Wallace still leading here in Dover Delaware. Well we could have a battle for the lead shaping up here in just moments at Dover Downs 444 laps are on the board Rusty Wallace's lead has now evaporated it's just a half car length back to second place Derek Cope so that one and six tenth second deficit has all gone for the orange blue and white purulator filters Chevrolet they're back in turn number one Derek Cope sneaks up underneath Rusty Wallace Wallace gives him racing room going up the banking here's Cope on the challenge sweeping down to the inside of the racetrack Derek Eric Cope is back out in front. Great day for the, the team of the Purolator guys here at Dover this afternoon. Cope makes the move going into turns one and two. Wallace's car just kicked up a little bit from the bottom of the racetrack, and that's all Derek Cope needed. 
now he is pulled away by some four car links over Rusty Wallace and threatens to make it even more as they work out of turn two. Goat moves out, make it five car links now as he's in front of Rusty Wallace coming off the corner. Wallace doesn't show any signs of problems at all. We are seeing some tire smoke from Derek Cope's car, but he stretches it out even more as they go back to turn three. At this point, Rusty gamely trying to stay there with Derek Cope, but Cope comes off the number four corner, and the margin is about eight to ten car lanes and continuing to grow. I really don't know, and it's tougher to tell from our angle as opposed to where you are, Joe, but watching Rusty trying to get off the number two corner, that's where I think Derek has made a lot of the distance up. Looks like earlier we were talking about the fact he was putting it right down at the bottom of the racetrack and keeping it there. Now he's sweeping out much wider than earlier, and you're right, that may be just where he's losing his position. You can see the car drift up a little bit in the turn although this time when Wallace comes through turns three and four he hangs it down there pretty good he's just not running quite what he was before not even in the straightaway or in the corner as he's continuing to lose a little ground and if he keeps the pace he's going right now Kenny Schrader and some of the other cars may reel him in and threaten to take away second spot they're heading back for three Cope moves around some of the slower cars puts even more distance between himself and the Rusty Wallace car and you're right Kenny Schrader back in the third spot is beginning to reel in Rusty Wallace Jim Phillips is in the pure later pit Buddy Perry just giving Gary Cope some time as he went by Buddy, last time you beat him out of the pits, but he ran him down and passed him. Well, still I can't hear in this pits. It's so loud today, but our, our guys just did a nice a super pit stop. Uh, one of those Rusty Wallace-type pit stops and an Earnhardt pit stop. And Derek's doing a heck of a job in the car. I'm just tickling to death this team. That's Buddy Perry for Group G for Derek Coke. Well, this one is, however, far from over because 50 laps of racing at the Monster Mile, anything can happen. And just as a testimony to that, we have gone back into the history books and come up with a close but no cigar racing finish that tells you how tough Dover Downs really is. Have the Tampa and Philly Cigars present another close but no cigar finish. A 500-mile Winston Cup race at Dover Downs is grueling and demanding. Many races that looked in hand have been lost in the last 50 miles, including the Mason-Dixon 500 on May 17, 1981. I'm Eli Gold. Another close but no cigar finish is next. Have a Tampa presents another close but no cigar racing highlight. Well, I was almost heading for victory lane when a tar blew up like cheap champagne. The guy behind me thought he could pass, but I fought the wheel and I hit the gas. I slid to the finish on a shredded tar and he came close but no cigar. It's not whether you win or lose, it's how you have a Tampa. So relax with a good fresh Tampa Nugget, Tampa Sweet, or have a Tampa Jewel, a highlight of the race. Uh, they called it going flat out. The date was May 17, 1981. For a while, it looked like it was a race that nobody was going to win. Not one, but two drivers had more than a two-lap lead with the finish line in sight, but they failed to win. Neil Bonnet driving the Wood Brothers Ford was the class of the field in the Mason-Dixon 500, holding a two-lap lead over Cale Yarborough with less than 40 miles to go on the race. Neil Bonnet firmly in command here this afternoon. I don't think, as we said a moment ago, I've ever seen a car work any better. Barney Hall slowing on the back straightaway is Neil Bonnet. Car number 21 is slowing on the back straightaway. Donnie Adelson goes by, and there is smoke puffing every now and then out of the left rear of the automobile. Bad luck continues to plague the Wood Brothers of Stewart, Virginia. Bonnet is on pit road. Let's see what happens. Let's go to Jerry Punch. 
Bonnet talking with Leonard Wood and Glenn Wood, both standing there leaning in the window talking with Neil. They look up at each other and sort of shake their head and walk away in disgust. Looks like it's the end of the day for Neil Bonnet and the Pure Leader Thunderbird. What a heartbreak for Neil Bonnet, whose two-lap lead has all gone down the drain just 41 miles from the checkered flag. One man's bad luck was another man's good fortune. With Bonnet out of the race, Cale Yarborough seemed all but guaranteed of winning. Second place Jody Ridley was four laps behind, and Cale was only 21 laps away from the checkered flag. But again, the monster mile struck. Troubles, Cale Yarborough, a lot of smoke from the car going into turn number one. Yarborough stays in it. He's in turn one, heading for Eli Gold. He's low on the racetrack, where he has been running almost flawlessly, but Kale now well off the pace. Here comes Jimmy Means to go around him. Likewise, Waltrip and a billowing number 27 automobile. The Valvoline colors limping by us towards turn number three. Yarborough under power, but just barely. Well, you, can't believe it. you can't believe it here this afternoon at Dover as Neil Bonnet watched it go up in smoke. Kale Yarborough who was less than 20 miles, just about 21 miles, as a matter of fact, from winning this one this afternoon, has gone up in smoke with a four-lap lead on Jody Ridley. Ridley made up the four laps he was behind, and then he headed for the checkered flag. The white flag waves over Jody Ridley, the Trucksmore, Sonny King, Ford Honda entry of Junie Donlevy. Ridley heads off to turn two. Well, the driver from Chatsworth, Georgia, works his way, takes a little more room now, inches away from that outside retaining wall just a bit. Easy line to turn three, looking for the checker. Jody Ridley takes a good line, brings it down to the bottom of the racetrack, comes out of the throttle a little bit, slows up as he comes off that fourth corner. Harold Kinder with a checkered flag puts it on him, and Jody Ridley wins his first Grand National Winston Cup race. And so it was Sunday, May the 17th, 1981. As first Neil Bonnet and then Cale Yarborough looked unbeatable, but it was Jody Ridley who went to victory lane in the Mason-Dixon 500. I'm Eli Gold. This close but no cigar finish was brought to you by Hava Tampa and Philly Cigars. I don't know about how about you guys, but that was one of the strangest days I've ever spent at a racetrack. <laughs> you didn't know what was going to happen, and the laps just kept going and going and going. They didn't even change the lap count on the scoreboard yet to wait for Jody Ridley to catch up there, and that was quite a day. I remember the reception he and Junie Donlevy got as that car came down pit road. Uh, everybody was celebrating that day. Yeah, they really did. They came out on pit road. Just about everybody came over the wall. Some of them almost got run over. They were so happy for Junie Donlevy to get his Winston Cup win back in those days. And, uh, sitting here thinking when Dick Brooks got out of that car, he came close to winning here a couple of times himself in yep. Judy's car. They've always run extremely well here at Dover. 461 miles are complete right now. As they continue to wind around here, Derek Cope had an advantage of almost three seconds over Kenny Schrader a moment ago. Let's go to pit road. Well, Barney, we're in uh, Rusty Wallace's pits here. Barry Dawson is standing here clocking him. Rusty's slipping back just a little bit. Barry, it's not a good time to be off. What happened? A while ago, what was wrong? He said it had a loose set of tires on it. Uh, obviously, it's the wrong time, you know, which, which set of caution right now getting tightened up. Well, it's not a good time to have a car loose. Uh, it's just about to call a shot here. The hammer's about to fall, so uh, there's not much they can do about it now, just setting right. 
Now, about all he can do is try and nurse it home. He slid all the way back to fourth position, and it's very obvious that Rusty Wallace cannot get through the corners like he could for the biggest part of the day. Barney Rusty's not the only one having problems in the corner. We're keeping a close eye on Derek Cope, the race leader. He's been breaking loose at either end of the speedway. Up in turn four, he moves now, goes way up the banking. The car broke up, got almost sideways the last time he came off turn number two, so he, too, is suffering from problems of a car late in the race that's beginning to lose the handle. But nevertheless, he is still 2.7 seconds ahead of second place Kenny Schrader third is Dick Trickle fourth now is Mike Martin and fifth is Rusty Wallace the lead is three and one tenth seconds now as Derek Cope continues to pull away from second place Ken Schrader third place Dick Trickle fourth spot now held by Mark Martin and fifth is Ernie Irvin and sixth we've got the Sterling Marlin car. Seventh is Morgan Shepard, who seems destined to take over the Winston Cup point lead here today. Eighth spot is currently Bill Elliott, and ninth is now Rusty Wallace, as Elliott has gone around Wallace's Pontiac. Don't forget, at the end of the race today, the MRN crew will be voting on the peak performance cool move of the race award. It'll go to a driver or a crew chief, maybe the entire team that makes a particularly cool move during the running of today's race. $500 on the line there, and the members of the media in attendance this afternoon will vote the goodies headache award to the driver who suffers the hardest luck during the running of today's Bud 500. $750 going to that team or driver as the voting is tabulated. Go right ahead, Dick. Eli uh, on the wall here with Bud Moore. He's clocking Morgan Jeffers is just going by. Bud, seems like everything's going pretty good for you. You haven't really got it nailed down today, but if it's, if you last the way it is, you're going to be a point leader by the time this thing's over. Well, we don't know. we still got about 25 left to run, so we're waiting. Well, I tell you, he got a bunch of cows down there. If he was that content about them breeding his eaters, you know, he gets all excited about that. He comes to a race. He's going to be the point leader, and he's sitting there chewing the back <laughs> He's been here a long time, I'll tell you that. He has, but you talk about consistency. Ten starts so far, ten top ten finishes. The only team to have that mark all year long, and it could be 11 for 11 if things go as they are right now. Morgan being shown alternately in eighth or ninth position, depending on how the spots run on each given lap. 25 laps to go as the lead cars swing back towards turn number one, and still Derek Cope keeping everybody at bay. Joe Moore? Got a good battle going on, Eli, back in the field, back to fifth uh, or sixth position. Sterling Marlin in a battle there with Morgan Shepard, who we were just talking about. Also the Ernie Irvin car in that thick battle. Those three cars are running side by side last time in turn number three. This time, as we speak of it, they go back into single file. Been kind of like a rubber band in that pack of traffic they'll tighten it up and then it's like stretching it and they'll come back right back together as they work around here two and eight ten seconds now the advantage for Derek Cope the Daytona 500 winner as he tries to pull off his second career win in Winston Cup competition looking back down that straightaway just about a full straightaway between himself and Kenny Schrader right now as they work out of turn number four and back to the line remember earlier in the broadcast we had a piece of tape uh, from Derek when I asked him very honestly I said was it or do you feel you have to prove that it wasn't a fluke that you won the Daytona 500? And granted, had Dale Earnhardt not had that tire cut on the last mile of the race, he would have won. He was the dominant car. But you just can't forget that Cope was in second 
to take advantage of somebody else's misfortune. So maybe it was a little unusual that Cope was there in victory lane, but if he had been running in fifth or sixth or 15th or 16th and not in second, he wouldn't have been able to take advantage. So this team has shown that kind of improvement all season long. They've got a lot of talented people on that race team, and Derek Cope is a very talented race driver. You've got to remember, he hasn't been around here that long. Uh, he yeah. hasn't been on the Whistle Cup circuit full-time for more than three years or so, coming around and getting the experience. And he had started showing, a, he's kind of like Ernie Irvin, he had started showing an awful lot of improvement about the middle of last year. Their finishes were more consistent. They were making better runs toward the front of the pack. And he has, he just felt in his own mind, once he got some equipment underneath him, that he could do something with and get a good strong engine like everybody else had, that he could run with him. And he's proved it by winning the Daytona 500, and he's proving it here this afternoon because nobody right now can touch him. Let's go to pit road. Ernie, we've been talking about Dick Trickle all day, and he started on a pole. He's had some awful good run during the day, but he's really, really having a lot of trouble getting up off the fourth turn sideways about half the time. But he's uh, struggling along here. I'm in his pits with Doug Williams. Doug, uh, you guys had a good run today. Looks like it's slipping back just a little bit. What happened? Yeah, Dick, drop out. Pawn has getting just a little bit right now. And uh, we just told him to ride it out and try to finish as he can. Well, they're going to have to be happy with the run today. They've had a good day and. I don't think they're really disappointed other than the fact that uh, I think they're just sitting in here waiting for the thing to finish now. Well, 19 miles remain in the Budweiser 500. Let us pause 10 seconds on MRN radio for station identification. We are at Dover Downs International Speedway in the state capital of Delaware, Dover, Delaware. Here just situated about an hour's drive from Philadelphia. Not all that far from the what they call the Delmarva Peninsula where Delaware Maryland and Virginia kind of merge together towards the beaches. It's a beautiful part of the country and right now it couldn't be any prettier than what you're seeing through the eyes of Derek Cope because he sees himself potentially heading to victory lane for the second time this year. We are 482 laps complete just 18 miles remain. Derek Cope outdistancing the rest of the field. The lead had been alternately in and around two and a half seconds, maybe just a tad more. At this juncture, two and four tenth seconds with 17 miles remaining. The battles behind, however, well, Kenny Schrader has run off from Dick Trickle, so what had been a decent battle for second spot has now pretty well evaporated. Trickle is running third. Mark Martin being shown in the fourth spot, and Sterling Marlin has the Sunoco Oldsmobile still running in fifth. 15 miles remain. We're coming right back. 487 miles are complete here at Dover Downs this afternoon. Now there are 12 miles remaining as 488 come up on the scoreboard. So far, the interval between the leader, Derek Cope, and Kenny Schrader, just about the same, about two and a half seconds. From the Dover Downs International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. 490 laps, 490 miles are complete. We're inside the last 10 miles of the Budweiser 500, and Derek Cope, no doubt, just sitting there and hoping and praying that nothing goes wrong. He does not need a caution flag at this juncture. Other teams probably could use one. Kenny Schrader trying to set sail and close in the deficit now between himself and the race leader. We'll get it for you as they come off turn number four. Cope coming through the turn. The orange, blue, and white colors of his Chevrolet. He's across the stripe. Here come the green and white of Kenny Schrader, one and eight tenths seconds. So that margin holding pretty much stable now as they work back to turn two. We were talking earlier about Cope drifting up the banking a little bit. Well, the thing that's in his favor is the fact that Kenny Schrader's car also is drifting up the banking a bit at either end of the speedway, so it's not allowing him to track him down that much. And the interval between second and third is not all that close either. About three and a half seconds separate Kenny Schrader 
and Dick Trickle. So those front three are pretty well strung out as the laps are winding down with just seven miles to go here at Dover Downs this afternoon in the Budweiser 500. Leaders out of turn two. Coe puts it down to the inside of the racetrack or at least tries to. The car sweeps wide. Same thing for Kenny Schrader. About a half a straightaway separating the front car from the second place machine now. Last week at Charlotte, Derek Gope blistered his left hand. It was a long day. It was a hot day. He had it taped up earlier in the weekend here at Dover to try and make sure he was able to go the distance. He's feeling just fine now with six miles remaining. Cope leads, but Schrader trying to close a little bit more now in turn number two. Kenny goes up the banking again in turn number two. He's really swinging that car, probably using some of those dirt track skills and trying to hang onto the car into the corners and getting a good bite trying to track down Derek Cope. He's chopped off almost uh, three or four tenths of a second on the leader, Derek Cope, and he is hanging it out in the corners. I'm talking, he is smoking the tires big time. Let's go to pit road. Well, Bernie, one thing, uh, it's a lot easier to look at the car in front of you and tell what he's doing wrong and try to correct it yourself and see if you're gaining on him than it is for the guy in the front to look in the mirror to see what he's doing right. So it's uh, it's a tough thing. When you're when you're in the front that way, you don't get to see that guy until you're in the middle of the straightaway. When you're in the back, you get to watch him all the way around. So uh, it's a tough thing. And uh, Derek Cope coming up off the fourth turn, a time or two uh, in the last little bit of smoke, the left rear tire a little bit. Now he's not been doing that all day. He's been smoking the right front. So he is really planting his foot in it down in the middle. Uh, it looks like he's got enough room to do it in if it don't slip out from under him. But he's really trying hard. It was 1.52 seconds, the lead that Cope had over Schrader the last time by. Here they again come off turn number four. The stopwatches all begin and stop again one and six tenths seconds. So that time, Cope managed to pull away just a bit more from Kenny Schrader there in two. In the closing laps now, there will be some lap traffic to come into play. The Terry Labonte car, also the car of Richard Petty, directly ahead as Derek Cope takes it back off to turn three. There is going to be an awful lot of traffic directly ahead. It looks like some eight to ten cars could come into play in this one as the laps wind down. 498 are on the scoreboard as they take it back to turn number one. The interval shortens up another few car lengths as Kenny Schrader tries to reel in the leader over in turn two. Cope goes around the Richard Petty car. Now separating himself from second place Kenny Schrader by that one machine. Now closing in more on the Terry Labonte car. The problem directly ahead is that Labonte is there along with the Jeff Bodine car. Those machines are racing side by side. But Schrader's car is kicking much higher up the banking now. I don't believe he'll have time to do it as Derek Cope works outside of race traffic. One lap to go. If he holds on, Cope would join Rusty Wallace as the only multiple winner on the Winston Cup Tour this year. He's back in two. Derek Cope off turn number two, working around the limping car of Darrell Waltrip down the back straight away. The Daytona 500 winner on his way to another win this year here at Dover. Derek Cope about to put it all together after a hard day's work here at Dover. Here he comes out of turn number four. A lot of lap traffic ahead. He'll just back out of the throttle because Schrader won't catch him and Cope will win the Budweiser 500. Kenny Schrader will finish second and finishing third will be driver Dick Trickle. Let's go down to pit road and Jim Phillips. Well, the first thing Buddy Perry does is go and shake the hand of Rick Henry. I understand this was a Hendrick motor in there today. <laughs> I understand this was a Hendrick motor in there today. I don't believe it. That's, that's a big hug to Rick Hendrick. And I'd like to thank Charlie Seegers and everybody at Randy Dorton, all the guys back at the engine shop. They did a heck of a job today. Bob Wickham, wherever you are, we love you and we appreciate your support. That's Buddy Perry, the crew chief for Derek Cope, the winner.
on the Budweiser 500. Tell you what, uh, Buddy Parrott's been around this business a long, long yep. time. He's done every dirty, grimy job you could be. He's been a crew chief. He's been a mechanic. He's been a gopher, a little bit of everything else. He's paid his dues in this business, and it's beginning to pay off for him in the latter stages of his career as they'll be heading for victory lane for their second win. So Dale Earnhardt has three wins. Derek Cope now has two as the only two multiple winners on the Winston Cup Tour. Comments from the post-race celebrations when we come back. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio, sponsored by Ford and your local Ford dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. Back at Dover Downs, it's all over the Budweiser 500, won by Derek Cope here this afternoon. Kenny Schrader will finish second, Dick Trickle third, fourth goes to Mark Martin, and rounding out the top five will be Sterling Marlin. Now, Strader, who finished second, should be in the garage area. Let's see if we can get his thoughts. Well, Kenny's got himself a jug of Gatorade in the hand trying to cool off. 500 miles at Dover is a very long and hot day. Kenny, you gave it all you had, just came up a wee bit short at the end. Derek was just faster, that's all there was to it. Uh, we gained about a second and a half last 20 laps, but I'm sure that was his insurance. You know, he was, he was hooked up. I'm glad to see that team win after their Daytona deal. You know, that was great for him, but this really backed it up. Kenny, you, that last pit stop where Derek took on two tires and, and you took on four tires, any regrets on that strategy, or was, would you have done the same thing again? Well, you know, we're working without a crew chief, you know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Rick, if you're listening, but uh, no, that's our plan. We wanted to, we had 80 laps to go, and we wanted to have the best stuff we could to work with. That's Ken Schrader, your runner-up today. Trader had had, what, two third-place finishes here last year. Exactly. He finished third in both those races. So he moves up a notch and ends up with a second-place finish this afternoon. He might be able to come back here in September and pull off a win. Let's check in with Dick Brooks for a moment. Well, we're down here in, in uh, Victory Lane, and uh, I tell you, there's a bunch of happy people down here. They're getting him out of the car and, and, and uh, splashing a little water on him. We'll be back with Derek Cope just in a minute. Let's well, go to Jim up, Phillips. We caught up with uh, Dick Trickle. Dick Trickle, the Bush Pole winner here this week, and a third-place finish today. Not a bad week's work, Dick. Well... You know, we had a car that could have won at any given time, but it wasn't right at the end, evidently. Those times in the race, we we had the right tire combination. And, you know, those times we were out to lunch, I had a flat tire back when I got, when I got sideways and, uh, you know, the 42 car got into me, but that was my fault because I had a flat tire and I was, like, all over the place. And, uh, and we had to make up a lot of time. You know, I think it's a good showing for this team. I think Bill 66, Top Rider, Motor Oil, and Pontiac, and, you know, Kale and everybody involved should be proud of this team because we're coming a long ways. And next time Doug Williams tells me that he wants me to put the cool suit in, I think I'm going to put it in. But I told him, nah, I don't need it. Well, I didn't need it, but I'll tell you what, why should a man have to suffer the next couple of days because of this? Is this the toughest place you've ever raced? Oh, no. Uh, this is a tough one, but, you know, it depends on how your car is handling. And I was trying. I was running good enough, but I was really trying. And, uh, last year at Richmond, it got terrible hot that fall race, and uh, I didn't have a cool suit on there either. Uh, this is a tough one, but so is uh, Rockingham and so is Bristol. Dick Trickle, your third place winner this afternoon. Man, a sure right about that. Isn't that true? We took you back through the top five. Let's quickly take you back through the top ten. Finishing in sixth position, Morgan Shepard, Ernie Irvin finished seventh, Bill Elliott eighth, ninth, Kyle Petty, and rounding out the top ten, Rusty Wallace. Let's go back to Alan Bestwick. Well, we're going to talk with uh, the man who'll be the new Winston Cup point leader, Morgan Shepard. He asked us, though, for just a minute to get inside, get his shoes off. His feet were pretty warm, so we'll be back with Morgan in just a second. The members of the press in attendance right. today have voted the Goodies Headache Award, $750 to Dale Earnhardt, 
A $250 donation also going to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, from Goodies Manufacturing in Dale Earnhardt's name. Let us go now to Victory Lane, though, where Derek Cope is enjoying his second Winston Cup win of the year. Dick Brooks? Well, he sure is. He's uh, got a happy crew down here. Derek, uh, you got probably the best one a few months ago, and now you got one of the toughest ones. It's had to be a good. Uh, it's got to be a good win for you. Guy wins here, and you show that, show that uh, you know you can really, really do it. Well, you know that's true. I, I, you know, I believed all along. But I'll tell you, the guys behind me, the guys in the pits, those guys believed in me. You know, they didn't believe it's a, fl a fluke, and uh, they've been behind me. And uh, you know, that's all I needed. I needed somebody to believe in Derek Cope, and I go out there and run my heart out for him. And uh, that's what we're doing right now. And tell you what, buddy's setting the race car up well. Steve Peterson, you know, engineer, helping out a lot. We got a great race car in that Chevrolet Lumina, and you know, Pure Later, uh, the people that help support us. Uh, what can I say? Uh, without their help, we wouldn't have the opportunity. It takes a long time to put a team together. A lot of times, sometimes it takes two or three years. Other people do it a little bit less than that. But you guys are, uh, you know, I don't know if anybody expected you to do it this quick or not. But is everything pretty well coming together for you? You got enough stuff to run a year? Well, you know, like I've said all along, you know, the team's in its infancy, and we're, you know, we only got about 11 full-time people, but they work hard and they're dedicated and they're focused and. Uh, you know, we go to the racetrack every week trying to sit on pole and trying to win a race. And, you know, sometimes well, lots of times we fall short. But, you know, like today, you know, there's going to come more time when it's our day in the sun and we're not going to come up short. Long ways from home, huh? Going to be there next week? Long way. But I'm going out there to uh, Sears Point and I'm looking forward to seeing all those people. I bet there is. I, uh, I know about the same feeling. I come from California, come back here, and it's, uh, this is a long ways from home. When you do good, it's like for all them people to see it. So Derek Culp enjoying the fruits of the victory in victory lane. Meanwhile, we check back in with Jim Phillips. We're going to try to get a word with the fifth place editor, Sterling Marlin, in just a moment. He's changing clothes. Alan Bestwick. Well, Morgan Shepard uh, getting cooled down inside. A lot of these drivers are just plumb out, uh, needing a minute to catch their breath. 500 miles here at Dover on a very hot day has got them a little warm all over. So a lot of the drivers rushing right in to cool down for a minute. We'll be back in just a second. All right. So why don't we take the opportunity to vote on the Peak Cool Move of the Race Award. The winner receiving $500 from Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant. First to Joe Moore. I guess the uncoolest move of the race today was when they ran out of fuel, the Derek Cope team. But the coolest move, on the other hand, was the fact that they didn't let that get them down. They battled back, worked their way back to the field. That next pit stop was almost a record pit stop for him. I'll vote for Buddy Parrott and the crew of Derek Cope's car. A thought from Dick Brooks. Well, I don't I don't know. I, I don't. Uh, it's hard to see everything from over here, but uh, I've spun on this racetrack before. I've crashed on it and everything else, and, and, uh, and what Dick Trickle did on the back straightaway had to be something amazing. I don't know what it was, how he done it, but to spin over there in the middle of straightaway and not hit anything is a pretty cool move. Jim Phillips. I will concur with Dick Brooks and go with Dick Trickle. I've caught up with Sterling Marlin now. Sterling, finish run. Well, you know, hats off the crew. Uh, we brought the Bristol pistol up here, which we named the car run at Bristol. And that car always runs good. And uh, we didn't turn a jack screw on it the whole time was here. It didn't qualify as good as we wanted to, but the car was consistent during the race. And uh, the last set of tires, they just wasn't what we wanted. And I couldn't run on the bottom down here one and two. But uh, the crew done a great job. Thanks to Snow Cove, Oldsmobile, and uh, Claire about the Lake and Clinton, Tennessee, yellow. What happened when your car was smoking there? I guess it was smoking tires. I don't know. <laughs> well, it looked like you maybe had some sheet metal bent in against the, the tire there. Well, I, uh, I guess uh, Dick got into me one time down there, one and two, and uh, might have knocked the quarter panel in or something. But uh, I know it had to take a little time to pull it out. But, uh, you know, it's a good day. We, we uh, you know, the past about six races, we should have finished in the top five or top three. And, uh, you know, it's a good team. And if we can just, uh, you know, start finishing, and uh, we'll be right up there. That's Sterling Marlin, your fifth place finisher today. I wouldn't want to go anywhere without my Bristol pistol. 
I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so at all. Alan Bestwick, your vote for the Peak Award. Well, I have to give that nod to Derek Cope. That team needed to win another Winston Cup race this year to forever quash the rumors that Daytona was a fluke. I think that, uh, as you heard Ken Schrader say a minute ago, they needed to do that. So it was a good win, and I'll give a nod to Derek Cope. And while I have it here, Mark Martin has stepped out of the truck. Mark, cooling down after a long race. You ran real strong at the beginning, and then the last half of the race or so, you were on the lead lap, but just not right up there fighting it out. Well, a bunch of guys run really good. You know, we we had a great run with the Folgers Valvoline Thunderbirds. The guys were great in the pits. Uh, we got to take what we can get in these things, you know. Uh, it was a great points day. Uh, uh, we ran good. We ran hard. We will run better next week, I think. You know, we, we missed it a little bit. Uh, the car was right for 200 laps, and then it started getting evil. How about inside the cockpit of the car today? Uh, you seem to be nice and cool and in a lot better shape than some of the other guys. It was easy. It ain't no big deal. All right, that's Mark Martin. Finished fourth today. I'm going to go with Dick Trickle as a nominee for the uh, Peak Award, Barney. I don't know if it was luck or skill or what have you, but we've all seen a lot of guys uh, lose the car where Dick did and have a whole lot worse problems than he ended up with this afternoon. He eventually held on to finish third, so I'll nominate Dick Trickle as well. well. That's a good nomination. I had a couple of drivers wrote down earlier this afternoon that made a good move over there out of turn number two to avoid an accident in the form of Ricky Rudd and Morgan Shepard, but uh, I'll concur and vote with Dick Trickle. So Dick Trickle will take home the $500 from Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant as the winner of the Peak Cool Move of the Race Award. Back with you at Dover Downs International Speedway where Derek Cope and the Purelator Chevrolet team have picked up their second win of this 1990 racing season. Some of the other post-race awards just made official. Kyle Petty has won the True Value Hard Charger Award. And it was Mark Martin who turned the quickest lap of the day as a race leader all the way back on lap number four. So he will win the Holly Farms Lickety Split Award, the lap for Mark Martin of 141. 0.287 miles an hour. We've got the full rundown for you. We'll get to that in a second, but first let's check back in the garage with Alan Bestwick. Well, sitting here with Morgan Shepard, who's taken a rest and got a little ice on one of his hands. Morgan will be the new Winston Cup point leader after today's Bud 500. Morgan, another top 10 finish, and now you're at the top of the heap. Well, uh, we are, and I'm still not going to talk about points. Uh, we're just uh, trying to stay consistent and build strength into the Motorcraft uh, Ford team. How about next week now? You go out to the road course in California. You've been a pretty fair road racer in your day. You get to take another shot at it out there in Butts Car. Well, uh, I love the road courses, and uh, uh, Sears Point is one of my favorite places to go. I really enjoyed it last year when we was out there, and we ran well. And uh, I'm looking forward to going back. Well, this team just keeps plugging away and plugging away. Morgan Shepard is now the Winston Cup leader. That is a great story. We'll, of course, follow up on that next weekend. Barney, we have the full rundown now. Derek Cope is the winner. Kenny Schrader finishes second. Dick Trickle third. Mark Martin fourth. Sterling Marlin fifth. Morgan Shepard comes home with a sixth-place run here today. Ernie Irvin is seventh. Finishing in eighth position will be Bill Elliott. Ninth to Kyle Petty. Tenth to Rusty Wallace. Ricky Rudd, eleventh. Going twelfth, Dale Jarrett. Thirteenth, Terry Labonte. Fourteenth, Jeff Bodine. Fifteenth, Bobby Hillen's car. Jim Sauter, relief drove in that for the big, biggest part of the day. Davey Allison credited with a 16th place finish. Brett Bodine, 17th. Darrell Waltrip, 18th. Jimmy Horton, 19th. Richard Petty, 20th. 
21st, Jimmy Means. 22nd, Rick Wilson. 23rd, Alan Klawicki. 24th, J.D. McDuffie. And rounding out the top 25, Michael Waltrip. Hutt Strickland at the finish in 26th. 27th goes to Rick Mast. You've got Rob Moroso finishing 28th, Mike Potter 29th, Dale Earnhardt finishes 30th today, Jimmy Spencer 31st, Bobby Gerhardt 32nd, then Harry Gant and Dave Marcus. That is the field today in the running of the Budweiser 500. Next weekend, the 11 or 12 turn twisting road course, depending upon how you yourself describe it. Sears Point Raceway in Sonoma, California. Ricky Rudd, the defending champion, he's excited about getting back out to the coast. Well, Sears Point was real good to me last time we went out there, and we, we'd been out there and tested already with the Levi Garrett Chevrolet in it. We ran real well. The car was very quick out there, so uh, I'm looking forward to going back out for sure. There haven't been that many teams that have gone out and tested at Sears Point this time around. It's a long way to go, obviously, but uh, a lot of these fellas are becoming, as I think Alan just mentioned to Morgan Shepard, they are becoming rather accomplished road racers, and uh, that's why we saw a superb race there last year. I tell you, that was a heck of a finish out there and a good race all day long. Mark Martin, of course, dumping the car on its roof first time out there mm -hmm. in competition in the race that day, and he has something to prove when he goes back. Ricky Rudd having a great battle with Rusty Wallace all day long out there, and so I'm kind of looking forward to getting back. Why don't we give you the schedule for all of our broadcasts next week. On Thursday night, we'll have our television show this week in NASCAR, originating from out there in Oakland, California, and Brett Bodine will be our guest along with his crew chief, Larry Mack Reynolds. Then on Friday night of next week, 7 o'clock Eastern time, our Bush Pole show, a recap of all the Bush Pole position qualifying from Sears Point. Saturday of next weekend, 4.30 Eastern, time a pit road preview from Sears Point and then one week from today next Sunday afternoon we'll be on the air a bit later obviously because of the time change we come on the air at 245 Eastern time 1145 Pacific with live coverage of the Banquet Foods 300 from Sears Point International Raceway looking ahead to some of the upcoming events on the Winston Cup Tour the Miller 500 at Pocono is set for June 17th June 24th the Miller 400 at Brooklyn Michigan July 7th We'll be back at the World Center of Racing, Daytona International Speedway for the Pepsi 400. And remember, Daytona's ticket office is now open seven days a week to better serve you for your ticket needs for the Pepsi 400. In July, we'll also be at Pocono again for the 500-miler on July the 22nd. July 29th, the Die Hard 500 at the Talladega Super Speedway. And in August, we will spend August the 12th at the Watkins Glen Road Course in New York State for the Budweiser at the Glen. And August 19th, the Brooklyn, Michigan Champion 400 will wrap up the month of August with the night race at Bristol, Tennessee, the Bush 500. Don't forget... Those of you who will be joining us along the Bush Grand National schedule will be with you at the brand new New Hampshire International Raceway on the weekend of July the 15th. We hope to see you there and make your ticket plans early because we understand tickets are going rather quickly for the first uh, Bush Grand National race ever at the Bayers racetrack up there in New Hampshire. Of course, before much longer in the month of August, we'll be at, River, at uh, Indianapolis Raceway Park, I should say, for the uh, Kroger NASCAR 200. We'll be seeing you there as part of our Bush Grand National Series coverage. But the story here at Dover Downs today is, number one, we got past Mother Nature quite nicely, threatening skies much of the day, but not a problem all afternoon long. And Derek Cope has taken the victory his second win in the 1990 Winston Cup season. Want to thank Joe Moore who covered the action in the turns for us today. Our pit coverage was from Dick Brooks and Jim Phillips. Alan Bestwick was in the garage and he kept us posted all afternoon long. 
Of course, Barney Hall and I'm Eli Gold here topside at start-finish line at Dover Downs. We'll be with you on Tuesday evening with our next edition of NASCAR Live on the air at 7 o'clock Eastern time on Tuesday night. And again next weekend from the road course at Sonoma, California, Sears Point and the Banquet Foods 300. Our thanks to Augusta Johnson and Mike Bagley on the scoring loop. Ted Stone was our production assistant. With the entire crew, again, I'm Eli Gold, bidding you good afternoon, and congratulations to Derek Cope and the Purolator Racing Team, winners of the Budweiser 500. So long, everybody. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from Dover Downs International Speedway and sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement by Holly Farms, the official chicken of NASCAR and sponsor of the Lickety Split Award. By True Value Hardware Stores. For quality, selection, and personal attention, it's True Value. By Anheuser-Busch, Brewers of Budweiser Beer. Beachwood Age for that clean, crisp taste. This Bud's for you. By Unical. The winning spirit rides with you every time. By Armor Star Can Meats, America's choice for the great outdoors. By Baby Ruth, the official candy bar of Junior Johnson. By Gatorade, Gatorade gives your body what it's thirsty for. By Planters Nuts and Mr. Peanut, sponsor of Travis Carter's Chevrolet. By Dinnerbell Meats, the official meat products of NASCAR. By Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant, only Peak gives you peak performance. By First Brands, makers of STP oil treatment, STP is the edge. And by Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. The Executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer, Alan Bestwick. Engineers, Harry Howard and Clay Stalka. Affiliate relations, Pat Hensley and Greg Robertson. Production assistants, Tina Marr, Cheryl Knight, and Stephanie Ellis. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This has been MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. And brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. Join us every Thursday for more classic races from the MRN Vault.